Okay. I'm trying to get it down real quick. And we're recording. We just had a great idea for a movie because we were talking about forklift uh, driving competitions. Yeah, it was in the pictures that I took. Those were in the yard uh, where I work, and uh, the sky was turning all different colors. Yeah, so nice. I was like, really "Well, I'm standing here. I'm just gonna like the really red one where it looked like the sky mm-hmm. was on a fire. Just above that, the clouds were purple. So I just zoomed into the where it was really red and uh, snapped them. Really good picture. Well, I'm an artist. Everything I do is art. I'm an artist. I'm an artist. What do you want to do? Give me a tuber. I'll get something out of it. But we were um, talking about forklifts and forklift competitions, and then a, a great a great movie idea came up. We're going to – the World Forklift Championship is coming up. But in order to get there, you go – of course, you got to go through the circuit. you got to do the regionals. You states. Right. Regionals. Mm-hmm. Nationals. And you win the states and regionals, then something happens in between regionals and nationals. We're out at the local forklift bar. Yeah, where all the forklifts certified. All the forklift guys go. And we're sitting there. You know he's forklift certified, but he's not qualified. There's a difference between certified and qualified. I've been saying that a lot lately. No, somebody <laughs> challenges me to a um, a fork off. And, uh, and I... Uh, I'm in. I've, I've had a couple too many shots. A couple too many pops there. Yeah. But it turns out... Okay, here's the story. I mess up, and I... I drop a I, I drop a, a car on somebody and kill them. But Does it have to be kill them? We want it to be PG. Maim, maim can be I, I worse. Maim sounds worse. I want it to be funny. <laughs> so I want it to be something less than death. But I can't think of anything like I scratch somebody's new car. So. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, it, but it would be funnier if you were really tore up over something trivial. Like you dropped the car and it killed somebody and you're upset that you dropped the car. I can't do this anymore. I don't. I just don't have it anymore, Mick. Of course, my name's going to be Mick in this right, movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was wanting to be the. See, the way you set it up is I'm the coach, so we do it in the seventies. Okay. Like I had a shag haircut and a butterfly collar. I got to be honest. I don't know how it would be on forklifts in the seventies. I'm used to modern equipment. Fair. At, at least nowadays, I am. Well, that's part of the story. Bear with me. Because the stuff you drive, as I will tell you later in the story, that's not a real forklift. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, now we're talking. What do you mean it's not a real forklift? It's got forks and it lifts. Does it have gas in it? Of course then not. it's not a forklift. It's got propane in it. You mean you don't have to siphon the gas out of a barrel to put it in? Then it's not a forklift. So then like, we, I, I walk then we a train. Forklift. What the fuck is this thing? <laughs> then we train on some 1952 heisters. Yeah, I know brand names. A forklift. <laughs> I, I, we need to have uh, the villain would be like he'd be backed by like the major forklift company. He'd be Case. backed. He'd be backed by fucking um, God damn it. Who who's Case? Case is a big one. Mm-hmm. And then there's the people that do all the stand ups. They're they're in every. Warehouse there in Hurley. Hurley's a big one. <clears throat> they came over and fixed my forklift yesterday. Are you impressed that I remember the 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 uh, yes the, the, the brands? Uh, Toyota makes forklifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitsubishi makes forklifts. Yes, they sure do, and they make a good one. They do make fine. They make fine forklifts. Um, I can't even think of the goddamn name of the people that came over and fixed my forklift yesterday. I have two forklifts. We have two forklifts made by them. God damn it. I think it starts with a C. Crown. Crown. Okay, yeah. Crown. 
he's back to back crown, a blonde guy, probably. Right. <clears throat> or we can, if we want to be keep with modern times, a <clears throat> black trans woman, <laughs> black Muslim trans woman, asexual. Fair enough. Okay. I mean, um, no, but the uh, I had no. What what I could have done was is um, somebody. I won a forky. Which is what oh, you, you won the Forky Award. Oh, the Forky Award. Yeah. So when I was messing around, I crushed my Forky Award, and then, you know, it, it, it totally destroyed me, and I walked away from, it's like, I can't fork anymore. So it was 1976. Yeah. Which happens to be the year I was born. You play my dad. Yeah. Which is going to make trouble. We don't have the, we don't have the technology to <laughs> either age you or de-age, or de-age me. Right. And... You won the Forky Award in 1975. Then going into nationals in 1976, I was just born, and you were nervous. You were in the you. Mom didn't want you to miss the the competition, right? So you go to the competition, and one of one of the one of the, um, one of the uh, competitions is you go down a 26 degree slant. With a bundle of loosely bundled pipe. Oh, man. And you have to go frontwards. Right. Man. Of course, I would never do this. It's not safe. Right. And as everybody knows, all forklifts have different levels of tilt. If you got a good level of tilt, you'll be fine going down it. But it rolls off of your forks because you just didn't get the tilt all the way. Or the the hydraulics aren't working. And the tilt. They were sabotaged. It it comes out later. It was Edward Crown Sr. that sabotaged you. That's what we'll it We'll get him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it rolls off and it rolls through the crowd and it uh, takes out the local quarterback's knees and he has to have reconstructive surgery and he never can can play ball again. Yeah. But fun fact, he goes on to become a really good golfer and that's Tiger Woods. <laughs> but still, you wanted him to play football. He was going to be really good. Yeah. You know? Golf's this not a is sport. coming together. This is really coming together. <laughs> so it's my turn. I spend my life in warehouses, and I, I was like, Dad, did you know there's competitions for forklifting? Like, I yes. told you I don't fork anymore. <laughs> but, Dad, <laughs> I think I'm good. I, th- I think I could be the best. Show me your stuff. <laughs> so we're in the backyard because, of course, smoking we have a, a cigarette. Forklift in the backyard. <laughs> Drinking my customary whiskey. <laughs> Katrina, you too fast. <laughs> Too much, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what y'all is. I know I will. I know I will know what y'all is whenever it's explained to me. <laughs> Watch the y'all. <laughs> what is y'all? It's like I don't even know what it is. Really, I, <laughs> I know just, it's a term. It's just you have tilt and you have y'all, and I don't really. Know. It's back tilt. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I say tilt it towards you, but I'm going to be. I'm going to start saying y'all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But we get me trained this is up. Our best show ever. I barely, I barely <laughs> win the the states. And then yeah. I go go to the regionals. Now, you here's what happens. I'm too hard on you, and you walk away, and you say you're going to train yourself, and you do a good job. And but, I get I get I get good not I get great not uh, but then exception. You, but then you get shellacked by somebody, and then you you're crawling away in defeat. And then you but you, the top three get to get to move on right through the region. So then you have to come yeah. back and. Uh, and then, it's a rocky story. It is. <laughs> there has to be a scene like near the beginning of the movie where you come walking into some warehouse and they haven't hired you yet. If you got a leather jacket on, you throw it and it lands on the hook and you just start going to town. <laughs> and I'm sitting at home with my levers, my practice levers. <laughs> yeah. 
that you made yourself. Yeah, and I'm like, you got to be able to do all four levers at once. What if you get on a five lever forklift? There are no five <laughs> <lever> forklifts. <laughs> at least not in this story. There might be. There probably are. Probably. Yeah. Why would you need that many levers? I don't know. So you got up, down, tilt. That's usually second. Then shift of the forks is usually third for me. Mm-hmm. And then the squeeze is last. Squeeze and spread. I, I, it would take me a minute. I, I ran one um, at uh, Magratech, which was up in Bellevue. Um, Magratech. It's we just up, like coming home. I don't know. <laughs> We we were a magnesium uh, reclamation facility, oh. like a foundry. We'd melt. Like I told you about this. You before. really are a Bruce Springsteen song. I really, I've done it all, buddy. <laughs> I've done all those jobs. <laughs> Gar- worked at a worked on garbage trucks. Literally did that. Railroad worker. Have worked in two different foundries. You know, I, I like when somebody tries to attack my working class bona fides because mm-hmm. when I read Your bona fides, <laughs> when when because when I read and shit like that, what did you do? I was like, well, what haven't I done? You know, done more than you. Been a line cook. Yeah, a, dude, I'd stack that job up against any of them when it comes to. I would if, much when, rather when it comes work to in a warehouse than Fuck. be a fucking line cook. Um, but no, it was like. I was so we had to pick up that you would stack the ingots and we had to pick them up and stack them on top of each other. And by the I mean, I was so nervous. And by the end, you just fly through and lay them on top there and run back. You know, it's like it's it's amazing what you can learn. And I had a thrill this week because um, the count the counter where we worked needed somebody to pull a couple thousand feet of pipe and they didn't ask me to do it. And I was like, ah, oh, what a time to be alive. And then. I walk out into the yard and chaos has ensued. Uh, something that I could have had done in 45 minutes took a couple hours. <laughs> Skids of pipe are just spread out all over Isn't the place. Awesome? Nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I'm glad they're doing it. It's great. And then they went and restacked the pipe the very next day, and it looked like shit. And the very next day, I took 10 minutes to unstack everything they did and restack it and make it look pleasant to me. <laughs> But I'm glad, I'm glad they went out there and did it. There's five people out there to do something that it would take me four minutes, forty five minutes to do. It's like, and I, they all make more than me. That's great. Oh, it's, it's fucking <laughs> bullshit. It's like when I walked into one of my cooking jobs and they're, you know, and I was an expediter, and that's hard because you have to put everything together, and they're all freaking out. I was like, shh. Now give me this. Give me this. Give me this. That's and the waitress are standing there. Take that. Get out of here. Give me this. And in ten minutes, I had it all taken out, and they're all just standing there, like, I'm like, it's not hard. You just do it by ticket. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, but it's it can be really. I mean, I can see somebody who's not used to it, it can be really nerve wracking. You know? Yeah. So. <clears throat> like it's been um, sort of slow at work lately. It's enough for me to stay busy because I'm doing other things to keep. Uh, like we're going to get ISO certified. I don't know if you know what that means, but it's like a thing. I and, think I do. And I'm the person that's supposed to be in charge of that. So I'm doing all that along. I don't care about the chewing. Nobody cares about the chewing. They actually like the chewing. Mouth noises. Um, and uh, we're severely understaffed for when it's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's going to get extremely busy. We're, we used to have 10, 10 people in the warehouse. Now we have five. And... Only two of them are just designated ticket pullers, pulling orders and getting them ready. And um, they're talking about how uh, how they're so busy. And I'm like, oh, my sweet summer child. 
You haven't seen Busy. The spring season is coming. It fucks you up the ass. But what I'm wondering, and it's it's the same. It's meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Why not hire some people now so we can get them to where they know what they're doing before chaos breaks out? Because there will be chaos. Yeah. They don't ever think about it that way. No, they don't. Huh. It's an American business. There's no long-term thinking. It's all short-term thinking. Yeah. It's insane. We're still doing like $2.5 million a month out of our tiny building that's... God damn, really? Yeah. It's like the, the counter is the size of my house, like the first, the, this top floor of my house. Mm-hmm. But then there's the entire warehouse, which isn't huge. It, it needs to be four times bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a whole other building a block over that we keep all of our HVAC shit. Shit. Yeah. This um, is in Charleston? Yeah. Where at? In the warehouse district, I guess, is what you'd call it. I mean, give me an idea. Where, I mean. Uh, you know where Habitat for Humanity is? Yes. Joe Fazio's. It's right by Joe Fazio's. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I don't understand why, why it's like. It's like that everywhere, though. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we can't do that because we'll lose $100. Meanwhile, I'm throwing away thousands of dollars worth of pipe every day because he's been sitting in the yard too long. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just throwing it away. I, try, I don't want to get into it. I mean, I love my job. And I, I'm starting to like mine more because uh, I don't know. And it seems like things are more. Well, once you get good simpatico. enough for something, yeah. I mean, it's just like I'm really good at the job and I have a routine and I come in and do that routine and the time just flies. And even if I'm forced to stay over, the time flies again. I'm like, uh, 16, eight, whatever. You know, I used to get furious when I have to stay. Now it's a mild annoyance. You know, the only time I'd be mad. Like, I'd be like, oh, fuck, I don't want to do 16 hours. But, mm. like, like on Fridays, me and Jamie usually record. I wouldn't like to stay on a Friday. No, no. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's about it. Yeah. Or a Saturday. Yeah, I don't want to work a Saturday. Anyway, that's why I haven't put an application there, because I don't want to do the swing shift stuff. Well. Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> um. You would have missed your window. You wouldn't. You probably would have had you come a little bit earlier. You probably would have gone right to four to twelve, which is not a bad shift. No, um, I wouldn't mind that. Uh, and there are actually people who like being on midnight. So you always have that. Like you don't automatically go to midnight. I know a lot of guys who automatically went to four to twelve. You know, so it's. Um, I don't think I'd mind that because I could get up at like six and go huck frisbee somewhere. Mm-hmm. Have a little bit of a life before work, and then and if if you wanted eventually, you would move up to day shift. It took me seven years to get to day shift, but that's not typical. Like it, t- I was right on this fence where there were a few people older than me, so they'd keep bumping me back. And nothing's merit based because it's a union. Well, but I'm willing <laughs> to deal with that. Like I, I'm not a. I see some of the pitfalls of the union. I do, but. I also see the pitfalls having worked in non-union place where you have no rights, mm-hmm. where you're not a human being. So, you know, they can't just do shit to you. You know, they just do shit to you, then there's repercussions. And, you know, how stringent those repercussions are is open to interpretation. We have union but. guys come in when they're so used to not doing anything. Mm-hmm. They come in, they bring a list of the supplies they need, and they hand them to the guy at the counter. The guy at the counter has to go pick them for them like, I'm never working at the counter. I would be like, what, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. Oh, you need to go get all that stuff for me. Like, 
No, no. <laughs> I'm not your servant. It's like the guy whistling at you. Ooh. <laughs> I would have done anything. They, they transferred him. I would have done anything to see your face after that shit happened. Well, I mean, one time I was coming in from the yard and somebody wanted to come in the yard and they honked at me and I went over and I opened the gate enough for me to get through and I was like, what do you want? Oh, I want you to open the gate so I can get in. I was like, you can open the gate so you can get in. You're supposed to go in there and pay for what you're getting first before you come in anyway. And then I went back through the gate and shut it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I don't care. I know. that's and, and I'm right. Yeah. I'm right. Oh, your fun forklifting thing dropped uh, 105 feet of 8-inch Schedule 40 pipe off of a truck yesterday morning. It was great. You dropped it? Absolutely. It happened. <laughs> I was using the wrong – my forklift was being, getting surgery done on it. So uh, I used the forklift that the the uh, they only spread out so far, mm-hmm. and they're really thin on the end, so it's real bouncy. Right. And I, I made the mistake of trying to pick up two bundles of the eight inch schedule. For yeah, you I should always use you at should once. Stick to one. I should, with the other one, I'd have been fine. Mm-hmm. But this one, it just rolled right off the edge and hit the ground. I was like, oh, ain't that some shit? Bundled it right back up and sent it out. Don't give a fuck. <laughs> it didn't look like it was fucked up. Right. I mean. Guess we'll find out Monday. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> anyway, enough work talk. Um, I had something that was going to get you wound up. I had, yeah. Let's find it, shall we? Let's find it. If you forget, I haven't. Oh, no. I haven't <laughs> forgotten at all. Damn it. All right. <clears throat> We've actually done an episode about this before, but it was... It was during Chuck Tales. Ooh. Um, <laughs> oh, the ill-fated Chuck Tales. Hey, it, it was I a, think we did it for like six months. It was a good show. Pretty religiously. I don't think we skipped a week on it. Well, but we, you had music stuff, stuff, and I mean, it just, you know, it just didn't quite come together. Um, Invincible Creator believes Superman would stand no chance against Omni-Man and could easily beat him. Of course, you think your guy's gonna can the guy that you created could beat the guy somebody else. Yeah, but let's get into the let's get into this from a comic book level stance. That proves that guy doesn't understand the comic book world. No comic book writer worth his salt would suggest that anybody could beat Superman, let alone easily. I don't think he could beat Batman. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I think that I think that Batman would have a much more rough time with Homeland with. uh, Homelander with the yeah, um, basically, yeah. I mean, well, no, Omni Man would tear Homelander apart. That's that's not you know. If we're gonna, if we're going to go Superman pastiches, is what I like to do. You got to step them. You know, mm-hmm. at your bottom level, you got people like. Let me think of a the Silver Surfer. No, he's a he's I have a, no idea. He's a galactic character. He's like a space character. But well, in that vein, somebody like um, it's hard to do because they're all so powerful. So you're talking about grades of power. At the bottom would be somebody like, um, well, Homelander. Mm-hmm. He'd be near the bottom. He might have class 100 strength. I kind of doubt it. Class 100 means that he can lift or press 100 tons. I don't think he has that. Um, then you have somebody like Shazam, who's near the top. You know, that's like, but he was a just a shameless Superman ripoff. Mm-hmm. He's definitely class 100. And I think he might even be slightly physically stronger than Superman, but his, you know, he's got other weaknesses that kind of make him not in the running. Well, he's a child, essentially. Yeah, he doesn't. Um, he gets excited. You've about got stuff. the coolest ones. Like there's a guy in. Uh, we've talked about him before in Marvel. Marvel has a few of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hyperion, 
who's like redheaded. He's a ginger, and his on his belt he's got a radioactive symbol, and he's got a atom on his chest. He's fucking really powerful. Like they did her he- Heroes Reborn when Ed McGinnis drew him, and he like the Juggernaut grabbed him around the neck, which was all it was the Juggernaut Doom. Doctor Doom had become the Juggernaut. It's a really cool idea, and he just. Broke his hand off by flexing his neck. It's like, <laughs> what about Molecula, the Molecular Man? Is there a is there a Molecular? It's a skit from Saint Love and Conan hosted. <laughs> I'm Molecula, the Molecular Man. That sounds like Conan. Um, one of my favorites was always uh, Gladiator. He was from Russell Crowe. <laughs> no, uh, no, the kid where the white kid where he fought uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. That Gladiator. Remember that one? I do. Um, it's not a bad movie. Good movie. It wasn't bad. Pretty good little movie. It was uh, Brian, not Brian Keith. It was uh, Brian Dennehy. Yeah. Brian Get Dennehy. Get in there, kid. <laughs> and then Brian Dennehy was a villain. Um, Get out of there, kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, he is in the Shi'ar uh, Imperial Guard. They're like these aliens. And his powers are weird because he's almost unlimited powerful as long as he has confidence in what he's doing. If he doesn't have confidence, his powers go down. He's got a big mohawk. Well, I mean, fighting Superman, automatically your confidence is going to go down. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you can – this really deserves a last man standing, like – Cage match. Deep dive by the the, the uber nerds. I'm a former not even uber nerd. I was a nerd, but I wasn't never that into it. People who actually but like you were you were a guy that got swirlies, but there were guys that you gave swirlies. I never got swirlies. But you know what I mean? Though. Yeah, yeah. You like figuratively. I mean, I was able to bluff my way through it because I was a stocky kid who mm. you know started lifting weights, but I was still a timid nerd at heart. Um, but you have like for him to say that Omni Man could easily defeat Superman. Superman. Is in one of in one of the Justice League comics is literally wrestling an angel, mm-hmm. a biblical angel, and winning a biblically, a biblically accurate angel. No, like no, it's no, just no, a big no, eye no, with feathers. No, no. <laughs> How would you even wrestle that thing? Give me that eye. It's creepy. I don't like it. Um, and that was actually the panel. Be not afraid. Well, how am I not supposed to be afraid of this? Oh God, look, it's, at it. it's so weird. It had to be an acid trip, but um. I think it was Batman or, or Wonder Woman standing off to the side and like having a, a little bit of dialogue saying he is wrestling an angel and he's winning. And this is the guy who thinks that his powers don't live up to the hype. You know, <laughs> that's what I love about Superman. He's that could be his greatest downfall against Omni-Man. <sighs> Superman's a good person. That's fair. Omni-Man is ruthless. He's without Ruth. <laughs> Utterly without Ruth. Utterly without Ruth. <laughs> I don't know why that struck me so funny. Um, Yeah, well, that's true. But the sheer power level, Omni-Man is powerful. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's without a doubt. But there are even more Viltrumites more powerful than he is. I think that Thrag would give Superman a better fight than Omni-Man would. Um, But Thrag would still be, if Superman opens up on you and just gives you everything he's got, there's hardly anybody. I don't think there's anybody. They're maybe the blue Marvel. They're getting ready to inter- introduce him in Marvel. He's a black guy. He got his power some way. They're really cool. It, I, it's a really cool character. Um, I think that he might possibly be able to stand with Superman, but I still I'm biased. I don't think you know anybody can. I think there should be a law made to where Superman can't lose a fight 
Well, that's what, and I, I know you did this too. Uh, you're, you will deny it, but it got my back up that The Rock was trying to set up. Superman I hated it so bad. Down. I, was I hated like, it so yeah. bad. And then, and then Henry Cavill was a nice, nice enough guy that he would have gone along with it. You know what I mean? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I could see some heated like discussions about it where Henry Cavill is enough a nerd like. But this doesn't make sense. You see. Superman doesn't. This, does, this makes no sense, you see. <laughs> I've, I've run all the calculations. <laughs> Dwayne, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> Listen to me, The Rock. <laughs> Can I call you The? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I do like that though, the matchups between um the especially DC and Marvel, because you know it's they share creators and then they share, you know, you know, the, these guys know each other, they're friends. When they did the amalgam universe and before they did that as DC versus Marvel, there were great fights in there. There was um like of course, Hulk versus Superman. Superman won that one. I mean, I'm a Hulk fan, but come on. Um, Shazam versus um, th- versus Thor. I think Shazam, I think Thor maybe won that one. Disagree. You think Shazam would have beat Thor? I mean, I don't know. I actually, I don't know. I, I, well, Shazam's super powerful. I, now, <clears throat> it all depends on the movie that I saw last that I liked better. <laughs> While I didn't like Love and Thunder or whatever the last one was yeah. called, Love and Thunder was good. Right? No, Ragnarok was Ragnarok good. was good. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't like Love and Thunder. I liked Shazam two even less. Really? Was it that bad? It was pretty fucking bad. Yeah, that's bad. Shazam but one was a good movie. It was tremendous. Yes, it's a really good little superhero movie. Mm-hmm. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah. And uh, then they, uh, they. Um, I liked that they had the courage enough to make his mom a not good person. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was to me that that storytelling, having the courage to do something like that. Um, to make a woman a not good person. Yeah, no, Like, right. it's so out of the realm because <laughs> there's no such thing as a bad woman. No. They're never. all really good. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's just men trying to keep them down. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's, keep, it's, trying, to, it's trying, to, trying to keep their power. Dear woman. <laughs> we haven't seen that in so long. <laughs> that video is so fucking rough. Dude. I hate it so hard. Um, the, the Some of the best, uh, Captain America versus Batman was a great fight because neither one of them could get an edge on each other. I agreed with that. I was like, you've got Cap, the super soldier, who's, you know, superhuman, but then Batman, who's just a superhuman. Well, he's just, he's made himself almost, he's like at the edge of being superhuman by, because of his sheer, he is Sisu. his sheer force of will. He's the unkillable soldier. Basically, yes. Speaking of, we need to talk about Sisu later. You've seen it? 100%. God damn, I need to see it. You're going to love it. Okay. I, I know I would. Um, they had uh, S- Spider Man is a is an interesting one because there's no real there's no real comp, comp there's no no there's is the Blue Beetle their version because he I sucks yes but Spider Man is his powers are so cool because he has superhuman strength and all that stuff but yet they see a lot of people he's portrayed as not so heavy a hitter I'm like the the guy's got he can pick up a bus he can do things like that yeah. like he's got ma- vast superhuman strength. But then they always portray him as kind of like plucky. You know, he's not. Now, they did have a comic one time where Superman fought Spider-Man and Spider-Man bruised his knuckles on Superman. Like, that's what he said. Like, I, I can't punch this guy. I'll just break my hand. He's like, he's too powerful for me. So um, one thing did happen, though, that's interesting. Uh, nerd talk is during Secret Wars, Spider-Man kicked the shit out of every one of the X-Men at the same time. They were stuck in. He was stuck in a 
small room with him when his maneuverability was a thing, and he jumped off and he would web Colossus in the face. He grabbed Wolverine, slammed him down because he's stronger than him, you know, and they just couldn't get a hold of him. And I. At the time, I didn't like that because I'm a big X-Men fan, but now I'm just like, I'm a massive Spider-Man fan in recent years. Um, I enjoy Spotty. He has the best superhero stuff nowadays. Well, um, uh, he's not the original superhero. He's the original Marvel, right? Superhero? The original superhero is Superman. Yes. In action comics. Action comics number one. Well, we're going to go like that. Beowulf or... Oh, yeah. Um, Go back to the Odyssey. I think Beowulf predates the Odyssey. Um, Homer wrote the Odyssey. Who wrote Beowulf? Remember when they did... They don't know. They don't know who wrote Beowulf. Yes, I do. A computer animated movie like in 2004 or something. Yeah, and Joel, we played... It was one of the first computer animated movies. Yeah, it wasn't. It was trying to look realistic. And they're like, I see what you're doing and I I applaud you, but I'm not going to watch this fucking movie. Yeah. But the original point, I mean, we were discussing the thing with Omni-Man. Um, we, we did do an episode, and I basically said that the, Kryptonite, the Kryptonians are more powerful, but they come from a pretty, you know, they come from a fairly utopian society, pretty much. You know, there was, you know, it depends on which version you're thinking about. Some versions, they were like total peaceniks. You know, they just lived a great existence and then the planet blew up and then like in man of steel they had a general but he was just destined to be that way who knows if he ever really fought in a war or whatever because they never talked about the kryptonians fighting anyone so uh, the viltramites their whole existence is is conquest combat and war and fighting each other even you know so in an edge of raw power the kryptonians win but when it comes to just fucking ruthlessness less than ruth and no ruth absolute no ruth (laughs) The absence of Ruth. The absence of Ruth. <laughs> um, the Viltramites win. But, you know, if we're going to get down to brass tacks, the most powerful Viltramite, who isn't even Omni-Man, if we're going to do that, it's Thrag versus Superman. Superman wins every day and twice on Sunday. That's that's not, you know, that's just not a thing. So I think he did it to ruffle feathers and to yeah. call like, attention. Hey, the, it, in a month, my new show's coming exactly, out again. Exactly. The second half of the season's coming. So. Which, by the way... Fuck, that's a good fucking TV show. It is a very good TV show. I mean, show. it's it's arguably the one of the best TV shows on right now. So it's so good that uh, the Asian guy from The Walking Dead who voices the young character turned down a role in a Marvel thing. Just yeah, to keep doing that. Yeah, nice. or he's or he just saw where it was going. He's like, oh, no, no, um, thank you. Marvel, they're okay. That's one thing we haven't discussed yet. Deadpool, Deadpool three. The trailer is out. What did you think of the trailer? I watched it once. You didn't like it? No. Why? I don't know. I think I'm over it. Huh. I, don't know, I don't know that I'd like anything. I thought you right would now. enjoy that. I mean, I didn't hate it. I thought it was funny. You know, <clears throat> It was funny. Yeah. I, I, I think it's Ryan Reynolds. Well, that's Deadpool. I know. Yeah. But like, I think I've been overloaded. With- this bothers me a little bit. That I thought <laughs> you would barely be on board for it. <laughs> I, it was fine. I'll watch the movie. Yeah. But- I just don't like the whole, this This is gay, right? Like, turning to the camera, this is so stupid. Like, I can't believe we're actually doing this. Look at the suit I'm in. It's so fucking gay. I hate it. <laughs> okay, that's not your style. Take of it com- seriously. I, that's your style of comedy. I get it. The, but take, I know he's he's like the, the, the merc with the mouth, and he's supposed no, no, no. to be sarcastic and shitty, but like. But apparently in this movie, they address that. Okay, good. Like, the fact that he can turn and, and, and he's talking to people. 
they address that. That's a thing. Like he's the only one that can do it. Every one of his movies in the last 10 years, anytime something happens and he just turns to the camera and rolls his eyes or so you're, I don't like that with Ron Reynolds. I don't like that. (laughs) I don't know why I love it. He can do so well. Yeah. He's a really good actor. He can do Mm -hmm. really good things, but you have to admit this line is funny. Mr. Uh, Mr. Wilson, you appeared to have soiled yourself while you were unconscious. I wasn't unconscious. Who are you? I like that. (laughs) That was, I enjoy that type of of humor. I enjoy that. It's going to be good, man. It's going to be, I think it's going to be funny. I think it's going to have moments of like real stuff happening. I think it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of stuff. Maybe you don't like the aha stuff, the camera and the, Hey, look at this guy. They're going to do that. Hey, necromaniac teenage werewolves here. Sweet. Who gives a shit? Who the fuck are you? Right. Right. (laughs) Um, Is that it? Necromaniac teenage werewolf. Who? One of the characters on that. She was in the first one. They were in the first one. Probably. Oh, Negasonic teenage warhead. Okay. That I love her. (laughs) <laughs> but I like her. I like her just because she's such a foil for him. Like, you know, I mean, I didn't. I liked the first movie, and I liked a lot of the second movie. I think I'm just the second movie wasn't as good. It wasn't. Well, the problem with all of the Marvel stuff lately, either either it takes itself way too seriously, or not seriously enough, or not seriously enough, and like everything is like a wink and a nod. Like mm-hmm. this is dumb. Can you believe how stupid this shit is? Like because the people writing it have no respect for what they're doing. Sure. And they weren't nerds. They weren't. You need fucking people that have never had well, sex writing like, these fucking movies. You got people like Jessica Gow who say her job is to piss Marvel fans off because they're men and they deserve to be pissed off. All that bullshit. And then she writes She-Hulk. <laughs> We're the ones who have all the money. Which is an abomination. I mean, it's just I wanted to love it so much because I'm a big She-Hulk fan. Like, I love the comic. And had it been done like Deadpool. You know, that's what She-Hulk was. She-Hulk was Deadpool before there was Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And they should have done it like that. And but she was able she Hulk was able to laugh at herself in the comic book. Mm-hmm. She was able to you know what I mean? Like she had foils and foibles and things like that. Do you and, think that's why the original actress that was supposed to play She Hulk got out of it because she didn't like what they were going to do with it? Or did they just replace her because she was white? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, because she was the girl from Community, Annie with the big tits. Yeah. She ended up being in Glow. Yeah, Still yeah. had the big tits. Right. Um, she was supposed to be. It was announced and everything. Right. And then a year later. I think it might have been uh, six one way, you know, 12 one days. Little, 12 or six, you know. You know six one, one way, half dozen. Another. Yes. I think that uh, I think that Tatiana Maslany it was good. She's good. She, yes. she is she good. She just wasn't given anything. And, and I say that as someone who watched one episode. I have no, no idea. I, I watched it. Um, I thought that their effort to show that She Hulk is better at being the Hulk. That's than when the I Hulk tapped is, out. Is so <laughs> she's automatically stupid. good at being the Hulk. And then when he had to show her that how powerful he actually was, she had to make fun of it. Oh, I'm shown. It's just like he could rip your head off at any time, honey. He's more powerful than you. Just fucking. I don't like that whole thing too with the Captain Marvel thing, where. She said something like, well, last time you didn't have me. Somebody should have spoke up and said, uh, point of order, <laughs> this guy kicked the shit out of the Hulk and Thor. Who the fuck are you? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that should, there should have been a moment like that. Like, I don't, you might be powerful, but he kicked the shit out of two of our heaviest hitters. You're not as powerful as you fucking think you are. You know what I mean? Those kind of things need to happen every now and then, you know, but you I will say, You can't talk to women like that. But I will say this. You will start be, being able to, there's a big thing happening right now. Oh, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. The, it, the dam is crumbling because they're losing all kinds of money and they 
you the creatives are not going to agree with it, but they're going to be shuffled out for creatives who do agree with it. Well, there's so, there's a really big thing happening. Um, Film Threat over the past month or so has gotten hold of documents and they're doing interviews and stuff about the DEI stuff. Yes, and quotas within the Disney system, like everything has to be fifty percent this, fifty percent that, fifty um, percent un- underrepresented groups, and all this shit in everything mm-hmm. from the crew all the way up to the stars. It's fucking shit. ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's. I mean, I don't. The best person for the job. Sure. That's who it should be. Right. And that's why the animation has gone way down. Have you watched any of the animated, like the Pixar shit? Remember when Pixar? Pixar was top of the heap. It was the best. Wall-E was one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen in my life. I mean, visually, it was gorgeous. It brought tears about. Now everything looks like shit. They're hiring people off Tumblr that made gifts. They just made a couple gifts, and they're like, they'll reach out to them because they can pay them next to nothing. That's why it's all being done, right? Um, yeah, but that's that again. All those things. It, it was it's cracking quicker than I thought it would, um, and I'm thankful for that. I think Deadpool might seal that too. It's only been a decade since it started, but it really kicked no, in like five about, years ago. That's what I'm saying. It started really. It's really up tempo now. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and I will say this too: one of the critics I trust. Um, the Critical Drinker, saw the Deadpool trailer. Have you seen the trailer to his movie? I haven't, but I know he's a good writer, so it looks. I know it's going to probably- It looks pretty good. good. Yeah. They don't know how to cut together a trailer, because that's a, that's an art in itself. It it's like I said, the person who got the, who cut the Logan trailer together- The, per, the shit- Need to get a fucking Oscar as well. The person who cut the fucking- The original Suicide Squad trailer. What, the, the one- the, the Suicide Squad or the no, first one? The first Suicide Squad. Oh, that Squad. piece of shit Suicide Squad movie. Before they changed the movie. Right, right. And did reshoots and everything. I want to see that guy's version of the movie. David Z- Z- whatever his name was. His name is whoever directed the first one. I want to see his version. But <clears throat> that original Suicide Squad trailer was fucking awesome. Speaking of that, I watched the Suicide Squad finally. It's tremendous, isn't it? I loved it. I thought there were things that didn't quite work. Uh, but Of course. But things that worked way over. And the things that worked worked so well that I didn't care about the things that didn't work. This, I never bought. I'm just gonna say I never bought Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I just didn't. But one scene sealed that. That scene where she's dancing through the thing, killing her way through the fucking yeah, thing, and the flowers. I was like, and holy shit, this is awesome! Like Disney animations yes. are going. Yeah, it was tremendous. It was fucking great. <laughs> um, I thought that uh, John Cena stole the show in pretty much every scene he was Obvi. in. He was fucking great. Um, <laughs> He's so fucking. He you need, now you need to watch fucking Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Um, I, thought, I love peace. I thought that doesn't. And we're going to achieve peace. It doesn't matter how many men, women, women and children, children have, have to, to get killed to get to. It. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Idris Elba was tremendous. I thought he's, but he's tremendous in everything. Um, the man can't help but be tremendous. He's great. He would have been a great general Zod. I still, I'll, I'll, I'll die on that hill. Um, I think that it was just a great movie, and I'm glad I waited this long because I needed to see. I love the tease of <clears throat> fucking. Uh, hey, Pete Davidson is, is in this movie, right? And then he gets killed like, like in the most brutal two minutes. Gets his face blown off. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Um, I, I really liked it. Um, 
I'm optimistic because people are now what what I thought was going to happen has come to fruition. People are now flocking to things that are well written. Mm-hmm. So all the things that aren't, Madam Web never had a fucking chance. Didn't have a shot. Never had a fucking chance because everybody knew what the fuck it was going to be. And well, also it didn't good help. fucking. It riddance. didn't help that Dakota Johnson was shitting on it like in her interviews and shit. Yeah, I mean she was trying to get out in front of it, wasn't she? Like this is a piece. She's a hot lady though. Yeah, for that, is. don't give a flying fuck uh, about your movies, but you're a hot lady. Also, Sydney Sweeney. Them titties. My God. <laughs> Big titties, retarded face. It's making a comeback. It's making a comeback. BTRF. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that um, be the title of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag BTRF. <laughs> We have fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, Madam Webb didn't have a chance. Um, and I like the fact that even if there's scandal that people try to create around things, if it's well-written, nobody gives a fuck. Here's the funny thing. Stranger Things is not going to be derailed by fucking by, no. by Noah doing whatever the fuck he did. Nobody oh, like uh, he was like... With Voicing some, support for Israel or something. He's just like, a stupid, retarded kid. He's a kid. And his friends were around him doing Israel stuff. He was like, yeah, yeah he's, a, he's an idiot. Yeah. Um, Dune 2 comes out Holy soon. shit We gotta go see it I'll go see this one In the theater Yeah I feel bad now That I didn't go see The original one In the theater Yeah I'll go It's quite the experience Should we do the Opening night thing Yes Okay When is that That's this week It's uh, the first That's Thursday Yes I think Let's look Shall we Oh I'm gonna be Cool When does Dune 2 Come out Look at that Is a new phone no. no. You just realized you could do it. Oh, I can't do that because I'm plugged in. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dune 2. All right. When do you come out, you idiot? 2024. It's already got a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, all the critics who have seen it are absolutely fucking raving. It says release date is February 25th. That's tomorrow. Is that in the UK or here? It says USA. If it's out tomorrow, you want to go tomorrow evening? Well, fuck yeah. Are you kidding? I'm going to look, look that Look for up. show times. I'm going to do that right now. The show might get might appear slow, but it's just because I'm not paying attention to what's happening. To the <laughs> <show>. Fandango. <laughs> that doesn't seem to make sense. Usually, maybe they want that fucking extra the long. Extra bump. Hmm. Premieres in IMAX. We don't have that here. We have the other one, the like the smaller version of IMAX. Yeah. What's it called? MRX. Something. Like yes, that. MRX, and it looks nice. I'm. 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 I know what's going to happen. The fight between Paul Atreides and uh, Fade Ruatha at the end is going to be great. Um, but the fight I'm looking most forward to is something that didn't even happen in the book necessarily. The fight between Beast Raban and fucking Gurney Halleck. That's what I'm fucking waiting for. Josh Brolin versus Dave, Dave Batista's characters. That is going to be brutality. When are you releasing? Tell me. It said there the 25th. That, that just can't be. That can, that's Thursday. Thursday the 29th is going to be our first op. I'm down. All right. One time. There's 3 o'clock, 3.10, 7 p.m., 7.10 p.m. 7. That is at Southridge. I'll, you know, go home, get ready. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll blast out. All right. I'm in. 
Nice. We're doing it. I'll see if JMO wants to go because JMO is a Dune guy. He reads it. No, I, I, he got, just, I think he just watches lore stuff like I do Game of Thrones. I, I got into a discuss, discussion with a guy, um, my friend Chaz, who played, by the way, played, Mich- played football at Michigan State. The Spartans. Um, he was a fuck. He's a he was a beast, dude. You know, we used to sit. Or, not me and you, but me and my friends used to sit around and get drunk and name colleges and see if we could name the mascot of the college. Washington State. That's the Cougars. UC Santa Cruz. That's the Banana Slugs. Fuck. This guy's good. Pittsburgh State. Pittsburgh State. Is that the Bobcats? Ah, oh, Pittsburgh State. That's tough because they're one double A, or uh, that would be considered something else now. Pittsburgh State's tough. That's tough. That's tough. I'm going to say go really broad here and go Wildcats. Gorillas. God damn. <laughs> um, I just had one. Fuck, that's a, that's a really fun game. That one of me. South Carolina. South Carolina? Gamecocks. Mm-hmm. Of course. Got to go and come out with an easy one. North Carolina. Tar Heels. NC State. Wolfpack. Okay. Okay. It's hard to, for me to think of weird ones now. Uh, Gonzaga. Fuck, that's a good one. I don't know. I don't know. Zags, the Zags. Believe so. Okay, in that in, in that vein, um, Akron, Akron. Yeah, Zips. <laughs> I knew you're gonna get it. <laughs> um, Fresno State. Ooh. I can. I like how we completely derailed the show for this. What am I going to do? (laughs) Fresno State. Shit. Oh, uh, it's an easy one. It's a fairly common mascot. Cardinals. Nope. Nope. It's not tigers. It's not wildcats. It's Mm -hmm. bulldogs. Yes. Very good. San Diego State. SDSU. That's the Aztecs. Nice. All right. Oh God. Alcorn State. That's the Indians. I think you're right. I, I don't know now. Because <laughs> that's, that's a historically black... Uh, HBCU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to go obscure here. Uh, Glenville State. Uh, Pioneers. Okay. 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 <laughs> I always played for the Pioneers. So did I. Yep. Concord. The Cougars. Okay. All right. West Virginia University Institute of Technology. The Golden Bears. Yeah. <laughs> um, West Virginia Wesleyan. I couldn't even imagine. That's not who I thought it was. Anyway, what were we talking about? Okay, uh, we were talking about Dune, and this guy—he had read all the Dune books, and I'm amazed that anybody could get through them. I mean, I, I, I really am. And then I, he had never heard of Hyperion. I think that Hyperion is going to go through something that Game of Thrones went through when they finally adapt it. Because it's, Ooh, I need to talk about that, too. What about it? There was an interview with Dan and Dave. <clears throat> and? Originally, the last two seasons were supposed to be three two-hour movies released in the theaters. That oh, was nice. That was their idea. Mm-hmm. Next. AT&T didn't like it. And they also asked them to shoot their... their uh, shoot the show in an aspect ratio to where it would look good on phones upright like that. So I can't blame them at all for everything that happened because obviously they were getting interfered with by AT&T. God. 
That's that fucking crazy. That is absurd. It is. Yeah. Turn your phone sideways. If you want to watch it, on, if you want to watch that on your phone, first of all, you're an idiot. Right. You should watch that on the best TV you possibly can find. Fuck you. Try to find a movie theater if you can. That's something that needs to be done. They need to start bringing, you know, they need to have, have nights at movie theaters where they show episodes of TV Oh, like shows. the fucking, the uh, battle on the wall. Like uh, whenever the wildlings are climbing up that, yeah. that fight and they break, that should be shown in theaters. Fuck yes. The climb. That's 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 not the name of that episode. The climb is where John helps the wildlings climb over because he has to pretend to be a wildling. Oh, um, you're right. Finally, goes sack Ollie's village. Mm-hmm. Starts a whole chain of events. Right. Um, pays off three seasons later. Very good writing until a certain point. Yeah, I know, man. Until um, John gets killed, and then it's done. John Snow is still laying in a cell in Winterfell or uh, at the wall. 12 years later. Carry on. <laughs> I know, man. I mean. I'm not going to get mad at George. I'm not either. Like, I, it also gives me an edge on something. Like, I, I re-released the, the Duke story, put it back on Facebook. Oh, did you? Yeah. Um, Congratulations on your re-release. Yeah. <laughs> Oftentimes, things only get one release. <laughs> it, was a, it was in my memories, and I put it back out. It's actually not bad. It, um, I remember liking it. Uh, it showed a lot of promise. It had some things that didn't quite work that were clunky, but the fight between the dog and the wolf was excellent. I mean, it was, you know, it was really good. Um, and I said that uh, this it was nine years. And I said, I'm kind of upset I haven't finished anything else in nine years, but at least I'm still beating George R. R. Martin. <laughs> so, um, Hold on. Speaking of that, I I finished uh, a Stephen King book. That's another thing, Insomnia, which was not his best. There you go. That was for your uh, at least you beat George R. R. Martin. Yeah, there you go. Um, it was not bad. Insomnia. Which one's that? Insomnia is a Dark Tower book. It's it's not it's it is dark. It's not the one that the Christopher Nolan based the movie. No, no, no. No, this one was about a guy who's an old man. He's like 70 and he, his wife, he's lost his wife and he has insomnia really bad. He starts to see things like colors and stuff like that. It's very trippy type stuff. I think it was something he had an acid trip or something that he wanted to write about. So that happened. And then they ended up stopping this guy who flying a plane into an abortion clinic or rally for this woman. Um, and it saves this one kid's life who turns out is the kid that, uh, defeats the crimson king so roland can get into the dark tower i mean that's mm-hmm. how it ties in they actually they actually one thing i like though is that it brought pet, pet cemetery into dark tower canon because there's this little creature that that's there's three fates like in greek mythology there's the two that control like regular death or whatever and then there's the one that's random death where things are like a, a baby dying in its crib or whatever and it's it collects like like a serial killer would all these Fucking souvenirs, and one of them is Gage Creed's shoe. After mm. he got hit from by, by the fucking uh, truck, I thought that was cool because I never considered Pet Cemetery Pet Cemetery part of the Dark Tower canon, but now it is. So um, I think he made an effort to get all of it in there. Um, I, it's one of those books. A lot of it didn't work, but the end worked so well that it almost. I mean, it was such a good ending, like sad, good, but in a in a good way ending. That you know, I cried. It was the old guy saves this girl's life, 
and lays his life down for it. And he was with this other woman who was a widow. They were both widows and lived these beautiful years together, their last few years together. And then he threw himself in front of a car to save this girl and it killed him. He knew it was going to happen, but he had forgotten. And as the date keeps drawing near, he starts remembering what's happening and it's good. It was an excellent ending. Um, so it over, like I said, it overpowered the fact that it wasn't his best book. Um, he just needs to, you know, give us five years of him just drinking and doing coke again, and then start writing. He's, he's written some of his best stuff sober. He's written some some great stuff coked up and stuff like that. But he's written some complete shit when he was. He wrote Maximum Overdrive when he was coked up. I mean, is Maximum Overdrive not a good book? No. Is it not? No. Mm. It's called Trucks. It's a great movie. And it's fucking terrible. He directed that. Coke it's a great movie. <laughs> Which explains a lot. It's not a good movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. I mean, it's a great bad movie. You know? It is It is the most rowdy, rowdy Roddy Piper movie that doesn't he's, have Rowdy Roddy he's Piper. Not in. Yeah. yeah. Um, I need, I'm trying to finish up with all the dark tower books. I, I still have hearts in Atlantis because I saw a video that it ties in the dark tower universe and all this and all his stories tied together. And it's a web like of all these different connections to all this stuff. And it's all pretty much all connected. I don't think he's written a book that was a horror or science fiction book or whatever that wasn't connected. The mist is a short story that's connected to the dark tower. Um, if you've ever seen that movie, Probably Tom Jane. They're stuck in a. Yeah, I think I saw it. It's good. It's a good. It's definitely a good movie. It's uh, one of Frank Darabont's first movies before he directed the Shawshank Redemption or the Green Mile or the Walking Dead. Um, also, too fun fact is that Tom Jane's character was a painter, and the p- picture he was painting was Rowan standing in front of the Dark Tower with his pistols over his hmm. standing. I mean, I'm a dark. <laughs> My uh, significant other hates the Dark Tower. She thinks it's gay, uh, horrible payoff, things like that. I can see that, but I don't see it that way. I'm so, I so love the Dark Tower books that I... I say this a lot. Women don't understand art. Carry on. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that. But, um, <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> no. But um, I, I really... Reading a bad Stephen King book, it, you're still getting Stephen King. You know, you're still going to get those moments that are poignant. You're going to get those moments that are fun. You're going to get those moments that uh, he's just shines. You know what I mean? Um, I can't re- wait to read Hearts of Atlantis because apparently it's a really good book, and it's a he's a and Ted Brodigan is a character. I remember the movie. Yeah, Anthony Hawkins plays a character. That character is in the Dark Tower. Like he's a major player in the Dark Tower. Um, so I I want to read that from a Buick Eight is another one of them. Um. You know, I really need to. Apparently, Cell is too, and uh, Under the Dome is is a Dark Tower book. I need to read it. Um, I'm trying to. I read uh, a book about the called the Other Irish about the our ancestors, the Scotch Irish, you know, mm-hmm. who came here. It was a, it was a, definitely a good book. Um, and I'm trying to get you know read different things. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's, they're so, it's all just waiting for George R. R. Martin. <laughs> like, it's all time filler. You know, even Ted Williams, as much as I like, I love Ted Williams. And essentially, it's just time filler until the next Game of Thrones. I think, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if he's going to release it. They haven't told us who who's casted yet, who's been cast yet. Just Dunk. Yeah, but that starts shooting 
next week, March 3rd. Hmm. We're not going to know anybody in this show, just like we didn't know anybody except for Sean Bean in uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, Mark Addy. Oh, yeah, we knew him. I didn't really know him. at the, like I, did, I was like, is that the guy from My Wife and Kids or whatever uh, in the show? Full Monty full, in the Full yeah. Monty movie. He's He was a bigger actor in England than he was here. Yeah. Um, he played a really good, fat, and mis- Midwestern guy in whatever that sitcom was he was in. My, it was... Uh, it's not my wife and kids. That's Damon Wayans. Damon Wayans. It's not still standing either. It's. I think um, it is still standing. Is it still standing? No, that is. That's the guy who wears the hat. The guy that wears a hat. <laughs> <laughs> he was on the show with, uh, with Mark Anthony or whatever that guy's name was. God, he's sixty years old. Who Mark Addy is? Yeah. He. I thought he was older than that. Still sta- it is still standing. Still standing. Congratulations. Okay, 2002 to 2006. Thought it was a fine sitcom. Four seasons. That's not bad. Top of the four seasons. Um, hmm. Interesting. Now we're all Dune. Talking about Dune. Dune, yeah. That apparently is, they're saying it's the greatest sci-fi movie ever made. Like, I think the first one stands up as one of the greatest sci-fi movies ever made. But they're saying this is the greatest sci-fi movie ever made. Apparently, it's a war movie. It's all battle. Oh, that's and apparently, one. like, a lot of people were worried that, uh, what's Shawnee? Shawnee was going to be a girl boss. Apparently, that's not true. I've seen spoiler-free reviews. Yeah. About it. So, I'm I'm excited. I don't care if she, like, she's, I would buy her as a girl boss because she's one of the Well, Fremen. she's one of the Fremen, yeah. I mean, she's going to have to be tough at least, you know, and she is in the book. She definitely knows how to fight, you know, all those things, but they don't make her, I don't know, man. I, I think. They were worried that they were going to shift the focus away. To Johnny from, from, from Paul. From, yeah, that would, Dale's with what would never allow that to happen. Um, he would have fought him tooth and nail on that. He, he would have, he would have quit making the movie. I know he would have, because he knew it would land in their lap. This is my movie. If you're not making how it is, then you can fucking keynote. Speaking of, I saw a video today with uh, what's his fucking name? I'll find it. It's right here. Let's see here. Something I say in the book is Rick that the Rudy. audience comes last. The and audience I comes last. That. I'm not making it for them. I'm making it for me. And it turns out that when you make something truly for yourself, you're doing the best thing you possibly can for the audience. So much of why, if you go to the movies, so many big movies, just not good. It's because they're, they're not being made by a person who cares about it. They're being made by people who are trying to make something that they think someone else is going to like. And that's not how art works. Art doesn't, that's something else. It's not art. That's commerce. So if we're making art, we're making, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like a diary entry. So it can someone, could I be concerned that someone else might not like my diary entry? It doesn't make sense. You know, (laughs) it has nothing to do with them. My, my diary entry has nothing to do with anyone else. So everything we make as artists are essentially diary entries. Something I say in the book is that the audience. That's awesome. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's when you watch people who fall with that rule, the Coen brothers, for example, um, I watched the big Lebowski again, you know, I, I, 
it was a it was a good find at the dollar store. I've been killing it at the dollar store. Get you a tape? No, I got fucking three movies for like two fifty. I got American Pie, which I love. Sweet. Um, I got The Big Lebowski. Keep in mind, this is in one case. <laughs> yes, American <laughs> Pie. Relate. Wait, and the last one, The Meaning of Life. <laughs> fucking Monty Python, The Meaning of Life. How are those? In one fucking DVD. Are they made by the same studio? I guess. I think it's Warner or something okay. like that. Um, yeah. Still. Then I got Rocky three and four. Tremendous for two best. Two best Rocky movies. Oh yeah. Um, then I got John Wick one through three. Oh, for seven fifty. My God. I mean, they're all DVD copies. None of this is Blu-ray. And then also, I picked up a copy of Salem's Lot Blu-ray, the original nineteen eighty TV movie. Oh my. Nineteen seventies TV movie for like three fifty. Hmm. I watched it. It isn't bad. Like it's not that bad at all. It's at parts truly disturbing, like the way vampires are portrayed. I read that book. It, you can tell it's one of Stephen King's first. I, I think Carrie is his first. Salem's Lot was shortly thereafter. It might have been his second. Um, it's really good. It has a a sad ending that's, you know, it's a love story. This guy falls in love with this girl, and he goes back to Jerusalem's Lot or Salem's Lot in Maine, of course. And um, there's a vampire, and it, it's just slowly taking over this town. And... They go in and the girl gets caught and she gets turned into a vampire. In the book, he kills her pretty unceremoniously. You know, they change it for the movie. They, him and this kid had moved down to Mexico to get away from him because they're hunting him now. And they come back into their little house and she's there and she's in the bed. She's laying down. She's like, You came back. He's like, Now we can be together forever. And she opens up her eyes and her vampire eyes. Mm. And then he's getting ready to kiss her and he stabs her with a fucking. Steak and it's over, you know. I mean, a, a fine ending, you know. That's the way that the only thing that way that can end, you know, is um, Stephen King. Now that I'm really moving on to read a lot of his stuff, is is a great author. You know, he's he gets shit on a lot. It's a controversial opinion. <laughs> I don't think so at all. I mean. He has gotten a lot of hate recently because he despises Donald Trump and he's constantly going after him. And you know, he, well, he has a lot of bad takes on. Twitter. Well, fair. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not defending any of those things. I mean, I have really tuned out of that. I don't care. Yeah, so, I, I kind of have too. But like, um, sometimes I'm just like, man, Stephen King, what are you doing, bud? Yeah, I mean, it's the people I wish who could have been here to see uh, Trump's presidency didn't make it. Christopher Hitchens. Mm. Christopher Hitchens hated Donald Trump, and he would have been savaging him the whole the entire fucking time. He really would have. And he despised Hillary Clinton, too. So you know it's coming from an honest place. You know, um, George Carlin. My God. If George Carlin had lived to see a Donald Trump presidency, we never would have heard the end of it. You know what I mean? In the best way. And it would have been, see, we lack those people that can really, that's one of the things that why people like rise to power is a, is a vacuum of people who can show you the absurdity of it. And, and skewer that person and make them seem less than what they are. George Carlin attacking Donald Trump on the stage in full vigor, not old George Carlin. I'm talking top line George Carlin. I don't know if Trump's presidency would have survived that. He's that powerful of a, of a public voice. You know what I mean? Let, let me take that back. 
that's not exactly true, but he that those kind of things eventually start to chip the fucking found mm. the foundation away. That's just the way society works. Because there's enough crossover in George Carlin's audience. I know hardcore conservatives who love George Carlin and hardcore liberals. You know what I mean? So you start speaking to those people, eventually it's going to get in their head. The only people who are going to remain are the fucking cult members. And they're so far gone, there's nothing to do well, with anyway. Whoever it's not going to be Biden versus Trump. It's going to be Probably that Gavin Newsom fella from California. I think Gavin Newsom could beat him. Yeah, yeah. Versus Trump. Yeah. Because most people don't know how terrible California is right now. Um, but yeah. It, I think they're going to, okay, Joe, maybe we prosecute him for all these things that they're talking about. Even though they, somebody said he's not mentally fit to stand trial, but he's mentally fit to stand election. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Dope. Uh, America, <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> Great. Um, I think they'll move in him and he'll be like, hey, I'm, I'm American Psycho. Uh, <laughs> looks just like him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then we'll see what happens there. I would like no for clue. him to go to a fucking uh, a, a, a debate and at mid, midway he just goes, I have to go. Return. Huey Lewis sends an I have to return some videotapes and he walks yeah. off the fucking stage. Speaking of, they're going to remake that movie. No. They can't. They if they're going to remake it, they have to move it up a decade. So it's in the nineties. Wow! And it's a different guy. Different. If you're going to remake the movie, you can't just remake a movie that's only twenty years old. Right. It's probably twenty eight, seven years old by now. Twenty five. Shit! My God, it's been that long. Ninety eight. I remember when it came out. Ninety nine. Ninety eight. Twenty six years. You can't remake that movie. No. It's still good. It's still it, yes. it, it has it has a new life every few years because right. they find new things to use memes from it. You right. know, so that thing we yeah. that whole thing. <laughs> I love that. It's fucking but why? Why? But they're going to remake. But if they're going to remake it, I think they should update it so he's in the nineties. Change his name. He's in. He's in tech. Yeah, the dot com boom, something like that. You see, that could be done, and it could be actually decent. Um. I don't know the the. I don't like that they're just remaking things. Well, just America, awesome. American general is in such bad shape. Um, the economy isn't. Don't care what anybody says it isn't, but that's really beside the point. I mean, um, the trains are running on time, but the society is so sick that it's just collapsing. You know, if society was healthy right now, we'd be in a boom time. You know what I think is a sign of things getting healthier? What's that? Shane Gillis is hosting Saturday Night Live tonight. <laughs> I watched Norm's fucking thing again today. No, I watched it yesterday and I showed it to somebody who didn't even know Norm McDonald was, and they thought it was fuck the funniest fucking thing they'd ever seen. So I'm uh I'm not funny. <laughs> so a year ago, I was on this show, this show. And they fired me because uh they, they said I wasn't funny. And now I'm here hosting the show. <laughs> I wonder what happened between then and now. It made me so goddamn funny. Wasn't so wasn't funny enough to be in the building. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, oh, See, he's the best. Norm, dude. Norm, he's the perfect encapsulation of what Rick Rubin just said. Yeah, he's doing things just for himself to make himself laugh. I love Norm. Constantly doing Holocaust jokes. Yes. Constantly do, like on red carpets of things. He's doing just to, he's doing the bit for him. Right. And everybody loves Norm. Never met anybody that didn't love Norm. He was the best. Um, at Weekend Update, mm-hmm. got fired for continually making OJ and Michael Jackson jokes because the guy that ran NBC was, was friends. friends with OJ and Michael Jackson. Who's the guy? 
probably less Moonves. I have no idea. He's just. I was thinking maybe it's the guy who also was friends with uh, Vince McMahon, who, by the way, is in some hot water himself at the moment. Um, but yeah, Norm just all the time, completely himself. He's the best, doing the thing that made him laugh, and everybody loves him for it. I like that. Do you think Shane Gillis is going to do what Norm did? Well. The first episode of his podcast, after he came back from cancellation, he said, if I ever host Saturday Night Live, I'm killing myself in the monologue. So if he does, then it's he's kind of one up in Norm there. <laughs> like actually He's going to budwire himself in the, in the monologue. Holy shit. That's what he said. Nah. <laughs> I don't think he's going to. But my God. What, what, what a about, moment. Talk about must-see TV. That's good TV. <laughs> it's going to be the first episode of Saturday Night Live I've watched in four or five years. It just... Is it an age thing? Because I watched Saturday Night Live since like nineteen. Well, no, it comes through. It comes and in waves. I, I enjoyed it mm-hmm. mostly all the way until two thousand fifteen, and then it stopped. There's an every other cast thing. You know, what I mean, like you had uh, there was the cast. I was thinking about this the other day. One of the worst casts ever was Robert Downey Jr., mm-hmm. fucking uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Dennis Miller. De- no, Dennis Miller. I mean, he was, was in good. the cast. Well, I mean, he right. Was in the cast. That was early on. Yeah. Probably um, Michael McKean. Julia Weed Dreyfus wasn't yeah. a good cast member. No. Um, Brad Hall wasn't just a good cast Phil member. Hartman got in. This is right before they did the reboot where Madonna comes on the on the screen with one of the best Saturday Live moments ever and said, um, I just want to tell you that last season was a dream, a horrible, horrible dream, and it will never happen again. And everybody cheers. Young Madonna, hot Madonna. Mm, oh, God. Love Madonna. She's really not looking good. Um, she's, she's hanging on too tight. She's t- starting to look like a goat. She's hanging on too tight. I mean, she said, did you not listen to 38 special? Hold on loosely, <laughs> but don't let go. <laughs> but don't let go. If you cling too tightly, you're going to lose control. And that is exactly what has happened. <laughs> wisdom from 38 special. Who would have thought that 38 special 38 had wisdom? Special. Yeah. <laughs> God, they're so awful. That's a great song. You it shut is. Your mouth. It really is a good song. Um, uh, he was but then you had a, Leonard but then you had a cast I think even before that you had a worse cast than that you had Charles Rocket no who exactly <laughs> right after um, Eddie left when Eddie left they were kind of like what are we going to do we this was yeah I think it was at, after Eddie because with Eddie you had Joe Piscopo you had a couple of people that weren't bad but Eddie carried the whole show on his back and mm-hmm. Joe Piscopo helped carry it too he didn't get enough credit I can't stand him now but he didn't get enough credit for how good of a cast member he was I think he was pretty good yeah. uh, he did a tremendous Sinatra I've not watched a lot of this early early stuff we were a Saturday Night Live family like we watched it was a big deal for our family we would watch all of it you know I mean from the beginning because my mom loved Belushi and Chevy Chase and all them you know so we just through the years would always watch it um we grew up with Phil Hartman, mm-hmm. Dana Carvey, before Mike Myers, Jan Hooks, Nora Dunn, fucking um to me, that's one of the best casts. It had some of the best characters, the Sweeney sisters. You ever seen the Sweeney sisters? Mm-hmm. They're fucking amazing. You know, it's one of the best that when they did a I can't find any clips of them, but there's a clip of them hosting the fucking Emmys. It's one of the greatest fucking things I've ever seen because they're singing the songs and Jan Hooks. They always want to bring it down. And she's like, I've got a gorilla for sale. <laughs> the Sweeney sister. I clicked it. Why didn't you come up, you bitch? 
There we go. It's a you can tell that's a rip from tape. I love that. That's what you call saturation. I love it. You can get that effect. On, you can just make that effect on. Uh, Isn't it crazy that we're that we're nostalgic for things that are less than good? Yeah. Like I'm going to put this effect on one of my songs, probably. Are you just low in the mix? This is such good team comedy. Because either one of them can sing very well, but they're not terrible, you know. Remember, my first memory of Jan Hooks was designing women. And we're the Sweeney Sisters. My first memory of Jan Hooks was was this. Can we talk about Delta Burke for 45 minutes? Boy, can we. <laughs> I thought she was hot. Dude, I told you that I saw a young pre-designing woman, Delta Burke, in the Fall Guys, a waitress. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> Of Emmy Awards. Wow. Well, you know, you ought to know more about 40th birthdays than I do. <laughs> oh, they're so good. They're so good. <laughs> anyway, you know, we'd like to celebrate the best way we know how with a medley of our favorite. Dixie Carter was also hot. Yes, she was. I'll they, say they it. All, I'll say it. They were all pretty women. Even like that little mousy blonde that they had on there in this couple, couple seasons into it. Uh, Julia Duffy? Yes. She was great in Newhart, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> here, here it is. They bring it down. I've got... A gorilla for Brooklyn's broken out in fights. There's a traffic jam in Harlem that's backed up to Jackson Heights. There's a scout troop short a child. Who chefs do at either one? Okay. okay. It's good, dude. It's so good. Um, you remember when shows had theme songs yeah. that told you exactly everything about the show? <laughs> and I like that they didn't get ever, like, they got studio musicians who like were employed Probably by, had the, the, by the company, you know, to do that. Like, all the fucking TGIF shows, nobody famous did those those songs. No. And there was all the same song. Yeah. Like, they, those songs were interesting. Whatever happened to predictability? No man, the baby boy. Evening TV. Um, I had a really, like, I'm thinking of a really powerful 80s moment. I'm, I'm having trouble remembering what it was. But it was like, oh, no. You ever talk to somebody about a time and it takes you back into it so thoroughly that you're almost in that headspace? Mm-hmm. I was telling, there was a, I work with a younger kid. And he's a great kid. And he was, we were comparing childhoods. And I basically told him, your childhood sucked. And he's like, he laughed. I meant it to be funny, you know. And he said, what do you mean? I was like, let me describe an 80s childhood to you. Yeah. I was like, 
was like, here, let me paint a picture. And I really, I really did do that in the funniest way. I said, the town center. Traffic backed up to the light coming off the bridge. Yeah. Um, every store full. Assholes to fucking to dicks, you know, walking through the fucking place. A haze of smoke hanging over everything. Yep. You loved it. You didn't fucking care. Um, the energy of the place, seeing your friends down there, because there are no cell phones. There's no, you know, oh, there was happenstance. Yeah. There was so much, people don't understand how much happenstance there is behind the joy of everything. That's why when you see something come on TV or something come on the radio, it's awesome because you're like, man, the odds of this, me seeing this, you know? there's not a whole lot of, hey, you know what I fucking saw today going on now? Right. Because you can see whatever you want. Yeah. We're totally spoiled and destroyed everything. So, and then I said, and let me describe to you, um, what 80s Montgomery was like. And he's just like, I was like, okay. I was like, you have GC Murphy's. I was like, you go into GC Murphy's, you go through the back door, you're right at the fucking cafeteria. You sit down, they had a full diner in the fucking place. I'm talking a flat top fucking open diner where you can order whatever the fuck you want to eat. We always got the grilled cheese. It was terrible, but I didn't give a fuck. I got it every time. And then I said, and then you could go buy records on that level, then you could go downstairs and buy a fucking dog. They had fucking <laughs> pets in the bottom of GC Murphy. And I said, and the streets of Montgomery would be full. Like you had to walk around people to get to places, people coming in and out of stores, parking lot full, the streets full. You know, it was a city. It was an actual city. We didn't get to see the time where they had movie theater and stuff like that. That had moved to Charleston. Then I tried to describe Kanawha City. I was like, I was like, that was just overflow from the town center. And I said they had the best fucking arcade in the world. Haze of smoke that would choke you when you walked into the fucking place. Loved it. I would do anything to have that, you know. And I got so into it, I almost like had to collect myself for a second. I was just like, that's what Stranger Things does. Mm-hmm. It takes you back and it thrusts you back in that. And it does it in such a way, it doesn't do it all the way. They don't show everybody smoking. They really should do that. They definitely should. But they don't. But they weaved it into the storyline with uh, <clears throat> Hopper that he's quitting smoking. Because right. he smoked so much in the first season. Right. Everybody should have, the kids should have been smoking. <laughs> yeah. Everybody should have been smoking. Right. And, you know, that's the only thing that they got wrong and they kind of that was the one thing that Netflix was like hey not so much smoking you know right whatever but but I would like to have somebody to have the courage okay this popped back up we had this discussion before and I think everybody sitting around the table had this good idea a video game called 80s kid yeah where you just create an 80s life for this kid and you just go do 80s stuff it could be in virtually any you go throw rocks at fucking train cars you go (laughs) Well, I'm talking skip rocks. I'm talking about you. A lot of rock activity. (laughs) A lot of rocking. Um, Now you have the, you can have the kid have like a paper route or something like that. You know, something lame where he earns money and then you go to the mall. It would be, I think would do best as like a game that switched um, format. Like at one point it's a side scroller. Mm -hmm. They actually did this in the game called 1980 X, which was a good game. But I didn't think it went far enough. It didn't really, really give you that the feels with that. Um, the Guardians of the Galaxy game did at one point. You know, you're sitting in your 80s room looking at stuff, but they didn't buy the rights to anything, so nothing really grabbed you. You know what I mean? It felt good, but it didn't feel as good as it should. Um, I think it would be great. If we lived far enough in the future, a, a VR 80s, where you walk around in a VR 80s world, but that would be addictive, and people would lose their lives over it. Like, that's all they would want to do. Um, me included. I would weigh five hundred pounds. <clears throat> My typical day. <clears throat> let's talk about summertime because mm-hmm. that's when you were home. Yeah, wake up at 
seven, eight, seven, yeah. whatever it was. And then there's a mountain behind my house where I grew up. You cross the creek mm-hmm. and you're up the mountain. And you see what the fuck you can get into for four hours. Right. Yes. <laughs> you ride your bike up there and go, oh, there, there's this hill I can see. I'm going to see if I can ride my bike down this thing and not die. Yeah. And I did it. I got hurt a lot. Sure, we all did. But I didn't die. Uh, Grapevines hanging off of trees. See which ones are strong. Try to swing off of them. Mm-hmm. Catching minners in the fucking creek. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, crawdads. Crawdads, minners, all, that shit. all the shit. Yeah. Um, snakes. Mm-hmm. All of it. For hours and by myself most of the time. Oh, sure. Yeah. By my, like, nobody's concerned where I am. If somebody needs me, I better be within hollering distance. If, but nobody needs you when you're that. No, right. What, what is Ditch need Doug? They would Probably. just, they would just hard to see that you were around. What are you doing? Nothing. Okay. And that would, you yeah. Know. <laughs> Taking, um, going under my porch and making little tracks for my matchbox cars. Yep. And running those around. Mm-hmm. Battles with the G.I. Joe's. And whatever other figures I had, if the battle wasn't big enough, but there's still Star Wars shit underneath my basement, guaranteed underneath you, my porch. There's still uh, GI Joes and shit buried underneath the porch. Guaranteed. That would be a neat show to to go underneath underneath kids' porches and stuff and dig out all the toys and stuff. They had to find that. At one point, me and my buddy ran out of stuff to do at my house, and we just put like cardboard down. And would jump off the porch. It was like six feet off the ground. <laughs> we would just jump off the porch and see who could, who could like not die, I guess. Because it was fun to jump. Right, right. Spinning around in the yard for no reason. Yes. Oh, remember just spinning in the middle of the kitchen and then you're just like. <laughs> uh, baseball. Yeah. Uh, my dad built a backstop for me to practice pitching against. So nice. I would get a rubber ball and I would just throw it. He spray painted a target on it, which was the strike zone. Although. Apparently, strike zones are subjective. Because <laughs> you hit people a lot. Well, no. Just because, like, the I would throw it exactly in the spot, and then they would call oh, it a ball. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? It was right. The catcher didn't move his mitt, you son of a bitch. It's, I fucking hated I was never good at baseball. Um, all this, all this stuff, playing bat, getting beat up by my brothers and their, and their friends, uh, playing basketball in the front yard. I try to think of the things that, Going down to Dixie Grade School. Yes. Where that's where, because it was always, the yard was always open there, trying to get a pickup game of basketball or baseball going, right. anything like that. I try to remember the things that don't occur to people, because then that really draws me in. Remember how quiet the 80s were. There was an extreme silence. You heard birds chirping. You could see the sky when you walked out. Right. Um, it was like, it was amazing. Without this... Yeah, you know, or or, even, or computers or the internet. There's no background noise. There's no, there's. I, I imagine it like in Hyperion they had the all thing, mm-hmm. where it's just constantly going. We're we're stuck in that now, and I find myself much to my depression when I get in a place and I don't have internet service or something like that. It depresses me because I feel like I'm isolated. I used to love it. I used to love being isolated and being alone. Now I start to get panicky over it. I don't fucking like that. Hmm. And I, because you feel like, well, nobody can get a hold of me. Something's happening. Like, yeah, that's what life is. You don't need to be something always to be happening. You know what I mean? The cell phone outage the other day. It was not comfortable for a minute, but then it was great. I don't know that mine ever went out. I have no idea. Mine did. That was a mass coronal or a coronal injection. A mass. That was some solar flare. Solar flare. Yeah. A big one happens, 
it all goes permanently. Well, okay. Yeah, I'm good with that. I mean, we have to learn a few things, but right. I think the world would be I think it would be chaos for a minute. Like mass chaos. But I, then I think we would learn really quickly. Like oh, the old eighties style of throwing things. It might even be a fucking boon. Think about that. Where you would have to they would have to communicate by phone to repopulate stores and things like that. And then that we would have to live the eighties. Phones wouldn't again. be working. No phones either. Nothing nothing works. Engines don't work. Fuck, because they're all computer. Yes. Old engines will work. Right. So if you got that gravely sitting around, start tilling your garden. Shit like that'll work. So we're we're getting thrown back farther than that. Yeah, we're getting thrown back to the eighteen hundreds. Nineteen hundreds. Early nineteen hundreds. Well, that's okay. Yeah. I also saw the thing the descript that but I I was describing to the kid. And by the end, even he was like, God, that sounds amazing. I was like, it was. And I tell Annie, you know, I was just like, honey, I love you. I know we had a great childhood with you when we watched our shows and stuff like that. But I said, you kids got shortchanged. You playing spotlight till midnight. Oh, fuck, dude. I'd forgotten. Snipe hunt. Yes. Oh, snipe hunt. <laughs> I never did the snipe hunt. Somebody tried to talk me into it. I was just like, fuck you. Um, the, for me, like, I wish I was a better writer because I could describe these things like a Jack Kerouac type thing. One of his books is just visions of Cody and he's just describing things like in a diner and stuff like that. And it's beautiful. Me describing what Christmas was like in the Charleston town center would sell. It was absurd. I'm talking about not just the, I'm talking about, okay, it's more feelings with me having a coat on and being cold and smelling exhaust walking into Sears and having those doors open. You guys entered through Sears. Yeah. Okay. And the the wave of mall warmth way just blows over you. And that mall, that delicious mall smell hits you with all new clothes. You know, just like not a lot of strong, like, you know, perfumey smells, but just like more manufactured item smell, you know. Um the, the excitement of presence, the, the, you know, that you can hear bells ring and you can hear the, the bustle of people. You can just feel everything. And this is that indescribable, like, energy gets in. You. And you're just like, man, it's Christmas and we're in their town center. This is the best thing ever. Um, the fact that it's nasty outside and was actually cold in winter then, you know, around Christmas, made it that much better. Um, it was just the best fucking time. And that's why I think that anybody who would be able to reproduce that in any kind of medium that where you're in a VR thing would spell the death almost of humanity, because there's a book that Dan Simmons wrote called flashback. And it's a drug, which actually is mentioned in Hyperion proving that Dan Simmons does have a extended universe himself. Um, the DSEU it's, yeah, um, it's called flashback and it, you can take, you can program it to what you want it to take you to. And you can take that pill and it will take you back to it with absolute clarity. And the world completely crumbled. Like nothing got fixed anymore. Rows were crumbling all this stuff. Cause all people did was sit around and take flashback all day. Hmm. I mean, and that's what would happen. That is probably what would happen. Yeah. Inception is a good example of that. Like I'm surprised that world held together as good as it did, you know, in, in that movie, because you had people who were in those basements plugged in, you know, and, and they were in, they were dr- not plugged in. They were dreaming and, and doing the dreaming thing. And the guy said, well, 
you know, Dom cops out. How many, how many hours people stay here? Eight, 10, 12 hours. He's just like, he's like, they, they live in the dream. And who are you to say it's any more real than what he, what's here? And that's a good point. But, you know, that's going to be, that might be the thing that utterly destroys humanity is the fact that we're stuck in a, in a place that even isn't even real, you know? So it's kind of the matrix type deal. Only there's no massive like AI profiting from it. It's just us ensuring our own destruction. You know what I mean? With doing that, you have to keep moving forward as much as I'd like to go back to that. Who am I fucking kidding? I'd be the first in fucking line. You know, I'd probably be the first in line. I mean, it's just, you know, if somebody came up to me and said, I've got an AI program that will take you back to wherever you want to go. All you have to do is give us descriptions. We'll map it for you and we'll take it back to you with perfect clarity. And you can go relive that with at whatever age you want to live in, complete with sex, complete with all those things. You know, what do you think? I'd be like, fucking tap me up. Let's, let's get it going. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's what would fucking happen, you know? But at the same time, I like, I wish I could write about it or do something to, to bring it out more fully. Like getting high would be great, but I, sometimes when I time travel, getting high, you know, you don't know I mean time travel. It's not a fun experience because it takes me back to things I don't want to remember, you know, like some childhood things I would rather not remember. I would like to be able to maybe ensure something with a, with a substance that would take me back to things I'd like to remember if I can control that. Um, a good way to do that, though, I found, is to have the 80s TV playing, like on YouTube or something, with the long clips and the, and the commercials. Take something that makes you kind of out of it and just kind of lay there and pretend. Turn all the lights off so you can't see your modern shit and just pretend that you're in the 80s again. When I was in Mama's house and she still had the 80s-style decorations and stuff, and she even had an older-style TV, I could do that. I'd turn it on and lay there. Hi. We'd be like, I'm in the 80s right now. This is awesome. <laughs> and so it's like... <laughs> Speaking of the 80s. Yeah. You remember We Are the World. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a documentary on Netflix about the making of that that is just absolutely tremendous. Really? Yes. Like uplifting or? It's just a really good documentary about okay. it. It kind of shows how they did it, how they got everybody there, like how they get all this fucking people I forget there. It. We, we were having a discussion about that, about who all was in it the other day. And, yeah, there were so many people. Everybody was there. The reason is because they... They decided to do it the night after, like directly after the American Music Awards. Yeah. And that's how they got everybody there. I mean, you had everybody, Lionel Richie and Mike, Jagger in it? Michael Jackson wrote the song. No, this was the American version because oh. Do They Notice Christmas was the British version. Gotcha. And then America said, okay, all right. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna we got Michael Jackson, okay? <laughs> and the Cindy Lauper, fucking Waylon Jennings. Waylon Jennings was there. Waylon Jennings was there, and then they started talking about, we need to throw a line in, in Swahili in there so the people know we're talking to them. And they were trying to come up with a line from in Swahili, and then somebody goes, they don't speak Swahili there. <laughs> and then Waylon Jennings was like, I, I, I don't think I belong here. <laughs> and just kind of walked out. Did he really? He stayed, like, he, what's Waylon Jennings? It's in the documentary? Yeah. It's just, it's just Waylon Jennings leaving. Right. <laughs> That's it. God damn. Somehow Dan Aykroyd is in this. Um, I remember that. Every, it Bruce shows, Springsteen. Yeah. Bruce yeah. Springsteen was a highlight. Yeah. Um, Huey Lewis didn't know he was going to have a solo, and they popped a solo in on him. He, they had just, the news and Huey Lewis, Huey Lewis and the news had just had their first hit, Power yeah. of Love, probably. Don't yeah, remember. Yeah. And 
Um, it wouldn't be Power of Love. Probably not. No. Huey Lewis and the News. Their 1984 album, but Sports. But when sports came. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, uh, <laughs> they, they, they sprung a solo on him, and he has to sing between Michael Jackson and... Um, uh, b- 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 the Pointer Sisters? No, fucking um, girls just want to have fun. Cindy Lauper. Yeah. Who's, who wails. Who had pipes. Wow, wow. No, that, she does that whole thing. And he actually did a really good job. Yeah, he did great. Took him two takes, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, as uh, Kenny Rogers, everybody. But it just shows how they did it. Chris Christopherson, was he in there? I don't remember. I don't think so. Hmm. But, you know, it does the whole thing at the beginning where you hear somebody talking off screen. And then they come in and they're getting and they move their mic around. They sit in the chair and it's Lionel Richie. It does that trope that every freaking documentary does. I like those though. You don't like it? I get it. I get why you do it that I way. I really do like that. I don't know why it is. It's I, in every one, but I think it draws me in. Yeah, it's like okay, we're in a documentary now. Got it. They did it on Going Clear. Mm-hmm. They did it on. Um, I've been watching the one about speaking of. I don't mean to take it away from this, but just in this vein, I started watching the Heaven's Gate one. Whew. It's disturbing. Great. It's Tremendous. Disturbing. I love it. Yeah. Um, but it taught, it took me back to remembering that in the eighties, especially that era, like eighty four to eighty seven, we were really obsessed with trying to feed Africa. Yeah. And then we were like, well, I guess it's just not going to happen. I guess they can fend for them fucking selves. There's still flies landing on their eyeballs and they're them not closing them. We can't feed these people. Apparently we give up. We just gave up. I, yeah. Um, you know? And then it's like farm aid and they then, don't, they don't help the farmers anymore. Either. It, absolutely not. Then randomly on my YouTube, a song called more than more than tears or something came up and it was Canada's version. They Brian just, Adams in it? Of course, Brian Adams. Was but he was in the Brian Adams the World was featured. Too, wasn't he? No, he was not. Bull fucking shit! Really? Oh, that's terrible. He might have been in the chorus. That's terrible. Like in the in the whole thing, but he didn't have a solo or anything. But oh, okay. he's heavily featured. In tears aren't enough. What about Loverboy? Is he him? You're goddamn right. <laughs> heavily featured, and that song comes up, and I'm like, oh, awesome. And I texted uh, my friend John from work, like the video. I was like, I would. I would love to have a documentary about this one. Yeah. And then randomly on my YouTube, a documentary about it comes up. Dude, it's listening to you. It's amazing. Yeah. Sometimes it works out in our favor, you know? Yeah. and it's, But it's still not. There's a documentary about the Canadian version of We Are the World. Is it good? It's pretty good. Yeah. But it's shot then. Oh. It was made then. Right. Which makes it even better because it shows... Obviously, they're reenacting. It shows like the producer trying to get people. Neil Young, we need you for this project. We're trying to feed people in Africa. We need you for this. Joni Mitchell, we need you for this. We need you. Neil to- Young's Canadian. Yeah. So Joni Mitchell. Fuck so it's the guy from Loverboy. Um, well, yeah. All these people. It's hilarious. Like the reenactment is hilarious, and it shows how they. Brian Adams, I think, wrote the song, and mm-hmm. then all this stuff. It shows how they shot it. How they recorded it, they did everybody's solos, they did the chorus where everybody sings, and then they did everybody's solos. So mm-hmm. they do their take, three or four takes, whatever they get out of them, and then they do it them lip syncing for the video. 
They didn't do that for the We Are the World. No, they all it just sang. showed them actually singing it. Right. Then they did their solo lip syncing for the video. Corey Hart is in this. I forgot. Corey Hart. <laughs> he wore sunglasses. He certainly it. did. <laughs> and he wore his sunglasses in the video. <laughs> Sp- sidebar about Brian and Adams. Um, there is a punk band called All. Um, by the way, if you want to watch a good documentary, if you, if you want to get a more of appreciation of, I know it's not your thing, but just a good documentary. It's not not my thing. Well, I thought you didn't care for it. I don't like. I offered the bad religion, social distortion thing, and you just didn't have any. I just don't want to go to concerts. If it was in Charleston, I'd go. That's fair. Okay, I, I get that part of it. And Pittsburgh is not probably not going to be fun to try to get there. But I have to. Mike Ness is not going to live for very much no, longer. He's looking pretty good. He's lost some weight. He's now. Regular sized Mike, I think, or is that, no? That's not Mike Ness. You're no, thinking no, about no. Fat Mike. Yeah, I am. I mean, Mike Ness. Pretty good. Mike Ness has been a you know he's he's been the rock star lifestyle, and, and now he's got cancer. Um, and also bad religion. It's just you know my first punk band, the first one I liked. But anyway, there's a documentary called Filmage because all the so many of the the the, the descendant songs have Udge at the end, like mm-hmm. Coolidge, um, um, Bikeage. Um, you know, just great. Fuckage. <laughs> and it's the story of the descendants in all, and all is the other band. Cause Milo Ackerman or Ackerman, he's the, the face. Yeah. yeah. He went to college. Like he just, that's why they have the album. Milo goes to college and he just quit the band. He said, well, this is fun and all, but I like my science thing. I'm going to do it. So they formed a band called all had a couple of lead singers. The one on the, on the, uh, album pummel is, it sounds like Brian Adams. I would want you to punch up this song called Long Distance and see if you agree with me. I really think he sounds like Brian Adams. Because I had, you know, somebody else confirm and say, Yeah, he really he really does sound like him. Kind of a like a gravelly but very in key and good voice. Like they guitar tone. Yeah, it's a you'll like the song. The descendants have the best, like, just music. Think he sounds like Brian Adams? Doesn't he? Does he not? He's got the gravel, but he doesn't sound like Brian Adams. Okay, fair enough. I'm I'm not great with tone. I he doesn't so. not sound like Brian Adams. Okay. There's similarities. Yeah. But I could also I mean, find similarities with me and him. Sure. I mean, I just, that's a great... I do, I do like the melody there. I'll, I'll put that on. They were in the 90s, huh? Yeah. They, uh... And as a matter of fact, uh, Milo came back and they did a, they still play like the descendants still play their best song. If I don't know if you've ever heard this one, it's called thank you play a little bit of that and see if, cause I wanted to get, I don't know if you ever literally listened to them and I hadn't either in this documentary and then hearing the music afterward just made me a huge fan. You know, it's like, it's so much more than, you know, thrash always struck me as just so unhappy. Like the guitar sound again. They have. Can definitely tell where Blink 22 came from. He's got such a distinctive voice, you know. Just wanna say thank you for playing the way. 
I mean, it's, it's good. Tremendous song. I like it. And the reason I love that song so much is at the end of the documentary after it showed everything, because Milo had quit. They were on these other lead singers, and uh, the drummer is the guy is the driving force behind the band. And uh, Bill Anderson, I think his name is. Whispering Bill Anderson? <laughs> Member of the Grand Ole Opry for nearly 50 years. <laughs> Oh God! I just whispering Bill Anderson. No, um, he was like the the driving force behind the band. He's you know he's a big heavy guy, lovable. He's a, he's a schmo. He'd be one of us. You know what I mean? He'd be a guy we'd hang out with. The, the Descendants would be guys we would have hung out with. And I'd give him wedgies. He got a brain tumor mm. and had to get it cut out. And then they you know just took you through their whole. It was a great documentary, man. And they play that song at the end, and they're all shows them all, you know, through the years, and they're hugging at the end, just tears, you know, start falling. It was Are they just, still together? The Descendants, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, oh. they they play together, but they had to get to a point where they were older guys and they have kids and stuff like that. And they and they said, well. You know, I want to see Milo or I want to see Bill or something like that. And they said, we just realized, well, if we just get together and play in a show, then we get to see each other. Yeah. So, so then they just play and they're, and they're never not going to draw. Like the descendants, for some reason, bad religion doesn't have that draw because you wouldn't have the descendants opening for Blink 182. Nobody would accept that. Even Blink 182 wouldn't accept that. Rude. But they did it for bad religion. And there were people in the audience, probably like me too, and like, what the fuck is this? Bad Religion's opening for Blink-182. But whoever's got the hot hand is the one who's going to be. Yeah. Well, you bring them with you and you expose them to a new audience probably because right. some people don't dive deeper into the genre. You know? Right. But at the same time, the Descendants for some reason don't have that. They have this thing where people know who the Descendants are. I don't know if it's because of the the iconic, you know, the, the, the picture or the fact that they're just, you know, they – have, they they branch over so many genres. They used to play the Descendants on Headbangers Ball. Yeah, that's, that not, that's, that's not a metal group. That doesn't sound like punk pop punk to me. It sounds just like rock band stuff. Right. That's one of the reasons I like punk is because it's just a lot of it's just rock. You know what I mean? And I and you know like, a little bit of palm muting during the verse, like a lot of downstroke. You a lot know, of one five six four. Right. <laughs> but that's one of the reasons. I Like uh, rockabilly. It's one of the reasons I love rockabilly. Rockabilly isn't punk, but punk is so nebulous that you can draw in so many different things. And um, I'm I'm just saying, if you want to see a good documentary, that's it. And they've got maybe it. I'll watch it tonight. They've got it on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's with commercials, but it's worth it. Um, but yeah, I just all is you know I, I've got my you know I feel so like such a a kid sometimes, and I guess I kind of am. But I got my first Descendant shirt, and I felt awesome with it. You know, I was <laughs> fifty, you know? and then I got my first All shirt. I want to wear it around like, hey, I'm, I like all. You know, <laughs> you do it. It's kind of goofy. But that shirt know. looks new, though. That's, that's what <laughs> yeah, somebody was. Yeah. Uh, name name twenty seven songs. Yeah, exactly. Four or five isn't good enough for him. Mm. Um, but also, a uh, bill formed Black Flag, and I don't like Black Flag. Um, I they've just never been my thing. They're they're kind of like I don't like the Sex Pistols very much. I don't I don't think they're that great. I love the Ramones. I love stuff that's like music. You know what I mean? It's not just it's not just the attitude. There's actually musical talent and stuff to back it up. Putting together a good, solid two minute song. You know what I mean? That's what I wanted to call one of my one of my punk band names that came up was called Two Minutes and Out. You know, that would be a great punk man punk band name. Um, and you know, it, it's just got me thinking about 
you know, th- this is stuff. Every time it happens, I hear something and it's old. I'm like, why the fuck wasn't I listening to this all along? You know, this moves me more than anything else I've ever heard. And that's not, it is me leaning into it some, but it's also just true. Like that song, Thank You, the first time I heard it, I was like, that's one of the best fucking songs I've ever heard in my life, you know? And it moved me more than any Metallica song or any of those things I had to make myself like. You know what I mean? I wanted to be cool. This is what my brother listens to, and this is what all these metalheads and stuff listen to. I never really was with it as much as they were, you know? Here's the thing. Not caring if you're cool makes you cool. Fair. It really does. Yeah. It's a, I don't know why. If I'm hanging out with, or I meet somebody and he, he doesn't give a fuck, and if you think he's cool, because it, cool. it conveys comfortability with yourself. It's you like, know. that's why Neil Young's cool because he, I probably told the story a bunch. Uh, in the 80s, they were like, Neil, we need you to really do a an old school Neil Young type album, just something that takes us back, and then he does a rockabilly album. Right. Okay. You're going to tell me what to do? And then like, well, let's get something more modern. And then he does an album where vocoder is all over his voice, and he sounds like a computer. <laughs> and then they stop telling him what to do. Right. I mean, well, you know, and the, and the people, like some guy who I consider as cool is – you know, is Milo Ackerman. I mean, he's just, he's cool because he's a nerd and he doesn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? He's got the glasses and he was, he's got that voice and all that stuff. And he never tried to pretend he's just the nerdy kid up there singing. And I love that. Um, Mike Ness oozes cool. You know, he's just that fucking guy, you know, Springsteen. He's fucking cool. Um, I was just trying to be cool because, you know, like I said, when you're young, you don't know. That not caring if you're cool is cool. Right. But I knew it I knew it less than others. You know what I mean? Because my childhood sucked. And I was trying to fit in. And don't get me wrong, man. I did like some of it. Like I was I was a Megadeth fan. I really liked Megadeth. Um I liked a couple Slayer songs, didn't care for them much. Um Pantera I really liked from at the beginning because I thought they get they did a good song. They could put together a good song. By the fourth album, I didn't give a fuck. You know, I'm just like, this is just noise. They're just trying to be hard. And, you know, and they were. Everybody else is showing out. We're going to go harder than ever. I was just like, you're not writing a good song. You're just putting it in their noise. And then people are pretending to like it. To me, it was always that. It's the Emperor's New Clothes. Have you heard how hard their album is? Like, yeah. And I was like, and I would have to say, yeah, it's awesome. In the back of my mind, it's like, it sounds like shit. That's not a good fucking song. You know, it's like Tool. Tool came out the epitome of cool. Don't give a fuck if you like it. Here's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's one of the reasons they sold, you know, while well, they're still selling. Today. Exactly. <laughs> you know, everybody told them to release things digitally and they're like, we're not doing that. And they finally did it. And then they cleaned up like they owned Amazon music for whatever. They owned all of them. Exactly. For like what? Six weeks or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just not caring. Right. Just doing the thing that you do. And now I feel like I've, you know, hit, another childhood with this where I'll hear something that I really love and again, think, man, this is something that I really would have liked even back then, you know, cause I loved bad religion back then. That was like the one punk band where I was just like, I didn't know they were a punk band. To me, they were just bad religion because bad religion wasn't punk. You know, punk was like the sex pistols. I'm like, I don't like that. Or the misfits, which I did like a couple of songs, but majority. No, I didn't care for that either. Um, I like the Misfits now after hearing, you know, I, I like six, eight songs, you know, whatever. I don't like all of it. Um, Black Flag, I didn't ever really cared for. 
you know, all this is, and I, but I, I, I hate to be that guy. All oh, this is like blasphemy. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I like what I like. If you don't like it, fuck off, you know? And that's what I like is that good, what would be considered pop punk. I like it. And that's what I listen to. And, you know, so. Sisu. Sisu. Okay. Um, is it as good as I think it is? It's great. It's like if Tarantino directed it. Nice. It looks like a Tarantino movie. It acts like a Tarantino movie. It smells like a Tarantino movie. I thought it was going to be subtitled. It's in English. Nice. It's great. Um, I it has, if, I it's only like an hour and a half, hour 40, something like that. Well, that's, I mean, that's what you need. It's um, Get in and get out. It starts off, this man has lost everything. It's World War II, right? One or two. I can't remember which one. It's Nazis. It's two. two. It's yeah. two. Yeah. Um, and he's just, it, it opens with him out in a field with a little curly haired dog running around him and he's digging. You don't know what he's digging for. And he finds a seam of gold. And now, and he just kind of chips out the gold, gets on his horse, rides down the road. And the Nazis are, they're on their way out of Finland. And because the Finnish are driving them out and they're sort of retreating. They, they, they're way ahead of the people they're retreating from, it seems like, because they don't seem to be in a big hurry. This particular group of Nazis. Yeah. And um, he just rides past them. And a guy gets up. He's on the tank. He's in, he first he's in like a covered truck in the back with six eight women who he's obviously assaulted and done horrible things to and they're all in terrible shape. Yeah. And he rides past them and the guy sees him out the the flap opens and see he sees this old man riding by on a horse and he jumps out of the truck goes gets on the tank gets a rifle and he's going to shoot him and the commander's like no he's on his way to death anyway. He's riding to his death anyway. And there's like, you can see smoke rising up in the, like, miles away. You're painting a beautiful picture. This sounds like something fucking awesome. And he gets to, like, a checkpoint. Mm -hmm. And there's five, six, seven Nazis there waiting on him. And they're speaking English. It's great. (laughs) And they tell him to get off the horse, blah, blah, blah. He gets down. His dog's been following him. They tell him to, to get down off the horse. He gets down and he goes to his dog. And goes, pats him on the head and points that way. And the dog just runs off into the field. And they tell him to get on his knees. They take the the sack, the burlap, not burlap, but the leather bags off of his shoulders. It's all this gold. They're like, oh, we're going to buy our freedom gold, gold, gold. Because they, they think once they get, they're going to be put on trial for. Oh, this is the end of the war. Pretty much. So they've lost. And they're going to shoot him. But he's he's looked at the ground and he knows and um, they're going to shoot him and they've left all of his personal weapons on him, mm-hmm. all of his close attack weapons on him, and he kills all of them in various ways that are awesome. <laughs> and the other Nazis that he passed can hear what's happening, and they're like, hmm. then they hear way more shooting than they should. Right? And they're like, what the fuck has happened back there? So they turn around and it's a whole thing. Anyway. Turns out this is based on a guy called the Unkillable Soldier. This is real? It's based on a guy. Okay. None of this can possibly, all of this can't possibly be <laughs> right. real. But there's a guy called the Unkillable Soldier. Um, and I think he's finished. I want to look up the, the Finns are tough people, man. Yeah. They're Germanic, but not. It's it's a it's a kind of a mystery who they are. 
who was the unkillable soldier. Carton DeWyert is the subject of the 2022 song, The Unkillable Soldier by the Swedish heavy metal band Set Sabaton and their album, The War to End All Wars. And it's also the immortal soldiers, another name for him. But this guy went like this. It's kind of the same story. He went through so much shit that he just decided to just be the baddest motherfucker that ever lived. He'd come back and have half an arm missing and they would send him back out because he wanted to go back out, have his ear blown off, like survive gunshots to the head. Jesus could not be killed. He is not human. <laughs> Everything he hits, he destroys. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to go too much further because how did you watch it on Hulu? I have my mom's Hulu. Oh, I have Hulu, and it's on the Star. Get a free trial for Stars. Okay, or you can just rent it for probably five bucks. I need to watch it though. It's uh, it looks great. Mm-hmm. It's directed great. It's great. It was in the it was the year of the shit movie where that movie came out. Like the the critical drinker reviewed it and he said it's damn near perfect. He said <laughs> can't think of anything to improve it. Yeah, everything like um, there's even some women at female empowerment because mm-hmm. those women in that thing they don't just they're Chekhov's group of women. There you don't just leave a group of women hanging on the door and not use it. Right. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know that Chekhov's gun. Yeah, yeah. Chekhov's giant wolf pack in game of thrones right that's not going to not get used right um they play a part but there's there's a disposition like she like one of the nazis gets back in the in the back of the truck with the women Mm -hmm. and there's one of them is kind of smiling why are you smiling and she just goes on this disposition of what they have done like you can't kill him Everything you do to him only makes him stronger. And the things he's going to do to you will seem like a walk in the park. <laughs> so shit like that. Yeah. Or I, the things you've done to us will seem like a walk in the park compared to the things he's going to do to you. Those moments. Things like that. See, that's a John Wick moment. Those moments are the best is because you don't. It, it kind of breaks the rule mm-hmm. of show don't tell. Because. They're telling it from a second point of view, but it's like in this godlike, epic kind of way when, you know, people's reaction to things like, you know, I, of course I've watched John Wick and I think the second one is now my favorite for some reason. I mean, I love the first one, but um, just accept the reaction of Vigo when you know, he calls uh, Emilio and he's just like, I heard you struck my son. He's like, yes, sir, I did. And he's just like, can you tell me why? He's like, cause he, uh, beat up John wick and stole his car and killed his dog, sir. He's like, Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's that kind of moment, you know, like I love those. So yeah, it's, it's, it is a perfect movie. I'll need, I need to watch it. Yeah. I know. I guarantee it's, that's, that's what I'm going to buy a Blu-ray of, by the way, if you want to secure any of those, you should do it right now. Cause they're getting a discontinuum and the prices are going to go through the fucking roof. Hmm. And they're, and they're the best picture. Like they, they have the best picture. Like it's not streaming. Yeah. So it's crystal clear. Um, I've got Salem's lot. I've got uh, three Studio Ghibli movies, My Neighbor Totoro, Princess Mononoke, and uh, Spirited Away. I've got a few. Dark Crystal, that's that's a, a Blu-ray I've got. So. 
Anyway, great movie. Yeah, sorry. Like, not <laughs> not great. It, I wouldn't say it's like a great war movie, but it's a tremendous revenge movie. Yeah. It, like, you get why everything is justified that he does. Not only because they're Nazis, but they stole his gold and they killed his fucking horse. Mm-hmm. And they're just pricks right and there's like this begrudging respect that they have for him because they can't fucking kill this fucking dude <laughs> right you know yeah like there's a point where they hang him they hang him right and they all take their hats off and like you know bow their heads and stuff because jesus Christ, we did it we've heard the story about this guy obviously this guy isn't just an old man right <laughs> Somehow he gets – there's a reason how he gets out, and it makes perfect sense. But uh, it's damn near perfect. Gotcha. Can't think of any – I can't personally think of anything that would make it better. Mm. Is that like your favorite thing this week? I guess. I mean, that and the We Are the World documentary were pretty neat. Where did you see We Are the World documentary? Netflix. Netflix, gotcha. It'll take you right back. Gotcha. I love to see a good – the hype documentary always takes me right back. Here's one thing. And I haven't watched that in years. But here's one thing that, that's crazy to me is that you remember Say Anything. Mm-hmm. You know that that. Pulled a Say Anything joke the other the other day at work. Which one was it? You don't want to buy anything or process anything or. No. Uh, in Your Eyes was playing on my little Bluetooth, Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> yeah. And, and one of the guys walked by and I just held it up over my head. <laughs> Did he get it? He's like, oh, yeah, better off dead. I was like, it's not better no. off dead. <laughs> it's like within a couple of years, you, you pass, I guess. Yeah. You, you get the spirit of it. Yeah. <laughs> Ioni Sky, not, not Diane Franklin. Um, Both hot. Wood. Or were they ever. Ioni Sky is still hot. Mm-hmm. Diane Franklin has aged, but she's still a very pretty older lady. Um, What's the one from Twin Peaks that I always loved and still love? The dark-headed girl? Yeah, she just looks... Cheryl she Finn? looks, yeah, she looks like she'll ruin your life. Love her. Oh, she's got that those set of eyes that ruin your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched. I have the, you know, speaking of, I have the Blu-ray for Say Anything. I thought, just by its the way it feels that it's in like a mid '80s movie. It is '89, right? And then singles came out in like '91. Yeah. So to me, that drives me crazy. Because they look so different. Right. But think about this: kickboxing is the sport of the future. It's, it's decades. It's an it's a dec, a decade estuary. You know, Were you kind of right about that? Yeah. He is. Kickboxing being the sport. It's well, MMA. It's MMA. But it is the night the '90s thing ever. The most '90s thing ever with Pearl Jam and all that stuff mm-hmm. in it. And then the most '80s thing ever with John Cusack and Ioni Sky and a Peter Gabriel song for fuck's sake. Those things clashing within a couple of years of each other, and they seem like they're decades away from each other. I mean, does not not. It seems it like they're maybe? at least seven years apart. Right. To me, it feels like they're ten. You know. So that blew my mind. And then when you think about it, hype came out like three years after that. 94, 95. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was during the Seattle thing. or after. And that was a movie that got passed around on VHS tapes. I, I had a VHS tape of it. I don't remember seeing it in theaters. I don't remember it didn't. It hearing a, about it till 1998. Right. It, got, it finally made it to Nichols County. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. It's a tremendous documentary. Yeah. Um, it's, it's shot like. Almost like Eddie playing drums in it for his girlfriend's band at the time. God, they were both so high. They're so oh, yeah. like, <laughs> just really. Speaking of 90s, Pearl Jam just put out a new song. Did they? And it's good. 
Well, I mean, I mean, they're all pretty good. Everything's yeah. pretty good. I, I was soured on their last album, even though I think it's good because it came out the day Baxter died. Oh, okay. And the day that they shut the world down. Oh, for so it, it, I, I think I've listened to it all the way to all the way through three times, mm-hmm. and I've just kind of like it's it's good, but I just can't. Is that the one that had uh, the dance of the clear? Yes. It's kind of electronic. I love that fucking song. Yeah, yeah. But the new one, they have this producer Andrew Watt. His deal is he's like a super music geek. And he goes and convinces old bands to let him be their producer, like the Rolling Stones. He got the Rolling Stones and said, hey, remember when you guys did this type of stuff? Let's do that. Do again. that now. Well, which album did he get him to do? The last one. Like, did you hear the last uh, Rolling Stones song? Don't get no, angry no, no. with Pearl Jam. Me. Pearl Jam, it's the newest one that's not out yet. No, no, but I'm saying, but which album did he call back? Maybe 10? Uh, maybe the the new song sounds like it could have been on anything between ninety four and two thousand. Hmm. Yeah, it's got a big guitar solo in it. It's I like it a lot. It sounds like the nineties production, which is when it was the the best. Yeah, to me. And Eddie sounds really good. It seems like he's actually started trying to sing again. Was he not trying to sing on the other songs? It just didn't sound. As good, like he's 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 obviously changed over the years. Mm-hmm. He do, he doesn't sing from the back of his throat anymore that much. You remember the uh, he doesn't do that that much anymore because yeah. he knows how that sounds now. It's like yeah, you know. well, um, but it seems like he's singing better. Maybe they tuned it. I hope not. No, I don't think probably not because there's there's some sharps and some flats in there. Mm-hmm. If they tuned it, they did a good job. Yeah, but uh, it, it sounds. It sounds like a good, legit Pearl Jam song. I'm pretty sure Stone wrote the riff. Yeah. Which is what I like. Big, retarded guitar solo in it where Mike bends it till it's out of key, then back in key. You know what I mean? It's, Old McReady. Yeah, it sounds like a like a 90s Pearl Jam song. Is it still a fucking uh, Matt Cameron on the drums? Yeah. Yeah. And he sounds less robotic. One of the greatest drummers, out. one of the greatest drummers that ever lived, but he's too good. That's that's the problem. He's, he al- like a, he's he always like on a, time. He sounds like a drum machine. He's always on time. Yeah, that's the you want with that with Pearl Jam. You want a little bit of looseness. You know what I mean? Sure. I little mean, bit, little, little, little stank. Of, yeah, a little stank, stank on it. Everything doesn't have to be perfect. A little, a little bit of wabi sabi. We don't, we don't need to play to a click track. Right. The drummer's a click track. We'll slow down and speed up as he goes. Yeah. That's. I mean, I I love things that are. A little dirt on the strings. You know what I mean? It's yeah. some of my favorite stuff. Speaking of that, Tyler Childers is playing the Whiz Bangers Ball. Where's that? Glenn Jean. Where's Glenn Jean? West Virginia. I up, know that. Up, but up until, it's it's like outside of Beckley. Oh, word. It's between Beckley and Fayetteville, you know. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um God damn it. It's in May. Or Yoshimi battles the pink robots. That band. Uh, she don't use jelly. Uh, that band. Flaming, Flaming Lips. Lips. They're playing at the forty eight forty eight festival in at one of the ski resorts. Really? Yeah. Snowshoe? This summer. One of them. I don't know which one. Probably snowshoe. It's a festival. Dropkick Murphy's played snowshoe. It's a festival, and they're doing. I think they're going to do the entire Yoshimi battles the pink robots album, which mm-hmm. is a great album. Yeah. The lead singer always gives me the fucking creeps. For some That's reason. the deal. Yeah. Gets in that big plastic ball and runs around on top of the audience. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention one thing. It was a favorite thing. Um, oh, one more thing. One more thing. 
Go you're doing your, you're doing your uh, Columbo. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. One more thing. Uh, have you... Okay. We've had this... I had to come to the light for some of this stuff. Okay. Realize. The mainstream media does not report everything. Of course not. What? Then, but you're, I, you're, you're joking. No. You, you're just noticing this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm late to the party. They're saying that Biden is... There's an article that said his age is a superpower. I I, I can't, but um, (laughs) I can't even, (laughs) but I can't even, but there is a mayor in a town outside of Chicago who she has basically become a warlord of this town and has held the town fucking hostage. I kind of It's like called it. Dalton, Illinois. She is um, stupid. She dressed up like Nino Brown from New Jack City hmm. for a meeting. Did she do blackface and all? No, she's black. Okay. And she is absurd. And she... <laughs> She uses the local police as her personal security detail. One guy got a check for three hundred hours in one fuck in a in a two week period. It was a fifteen thousand dollar paycheck. What a fucking windfall for a cop, right? But then she uses the police as her private. Uh, she's a warlord. She had a a a. a, a this is a Noriega. She's a fucking King Jong. Kim Jong. I gotta admit, I kind of like the hustle. I despise her. I can't stand her. Um, it's 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 she right or left wing or both somehow. She's she's just she's left, but she's just really stupid. Because these sound like really right wing tactics, but also she, they can go that way too. Well, I mean, she's left because she was in a meeting and she started saying that um, this is a predominantly black town, and she started saying, "How dare you want to recall me and all this stuff? You guys are black and this and stuff." And they were like, "What the fuck are you even talking about? It has nothing to do with the situation." I mean, these are all reasonable people. Somebody hollers out and calls her a jive turkey. (laughs) Well, but just it gets it gets really deep here. She used the cops to pull a drive by on a fucking political opponent, shoot her car up. Love it. She had a meeting where she was going to collect these tickets, five hundred dollar tickets, to cover for the fact that she takes flights to Las Vegas, first class flights, shopping trips, all this stuff on their dime. All these things. Horrible, cartoonish fucking corruption. And I love it. and she said, DJ hit my music. And the song she played when they talked to her about it was Bitch Better Have My Money by Rihanna. <laughs> it's if it was a sitcom, it would be You'd be like, this is stupid. This what is the most doing? ridiculous. Ryan Reynolds will turn around in this gay and it's dumb. <laughs> well, that's just lazy writing. Um, <laughs> but it's just that bad. And she has billboards with her face all over town. It is, dude, it's unreal. Oh, I love it. And she fucking- I can't wait for the documentary. Oh, but th- that's the thing. All these things are happening now. There is not one national news story about this <laughs> shit. Not fucking one. Imagine if it was a honky. Exactly. And she- <laughs> I just thought of something. If you shaved your beard and left the mustache, you'd look a little bit like Dr. Phil. Continue. Gee, thanks. We'll be right back. Thanks. Um, That's not a bad thing. Uh, Dr. Phil's a handsome man. Okay. I, I suppose. Um, then she, what else did she do? <laughs> she, 
<laughs> the cop cars are getting repoed because she can't pay the bills because they gave her the money for the cop car. She spent it on herself. I love it. It's so absurd. It is so welfare mom. Oh, and she's, she's just so, I mean, she can't even, she doesn't speak properly. Let's put it that way. And she runs everything like that. And it's like something out of, it is like something out of new Jack city. I mean, it's, it's absolutely absurd. Um, what else did she do? <laughs> there were, there were two bars that interviewed people in town about her. And they, and then two hours later after the thing, she sent the cops to shut those bars. down. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking crazy. Dude. So she's a black Donald Trump. Yes, she is. And it's so, and she's so fucking stupid. I mean, I mean, this is this is actually much worse than what Donald Trump. Oh, absolutely, is. absolutely, much more funny too. But That's it would be it would be things he would do. Oh, if they would let him, could get away. he get away? If with he was it. a mayor of a small town, yes, he would one hundred percent exactly. And um, she's the FBI is now <laughs> is now fucking on her case. She's going to fucking jail. But it turns out. 15 or 10, 15 years earlier, she was, she was jacking cars. She's a fucking man. There's a fucking mug shot of her, you know, just that shitty face on her face, you know, on her mug. I mean, this is just, it is the gift that keeps on giving. That is great. I know, dude. I need to remember Dalton, Illinois, because I'm sure there's some good stuff on you. Oh, it's all over. I mean, it's like, you know, but I'll tell you how bad she is. The Young Turks covered it against her, not in favor of her. They were just like, this whole thing is crazy. I'm like, yeah, you think? You know? The Young Turks? <laughs> yes. It was Anna. It was Anna Kasparia. Dude. She's uh, she's grown some balls lately, actually. Yeah, she has. Didn't she stand up to, she stood up to somebody. Some. She stood up to the uh, super crazy feminists, like how they're calling women people with vaginas and she's like there's a word for people with vaginas women it's called women right and like i think that they're starting to they're in it nothing if not intelligent i think they're starting to feel the wind blow another way and they're starting to see but can you trust people to follow the wind you know what i mean i have a lot more respect for people that pay no attention to the wind like we're going to keep going this way that's fair well it's it's like um bill maher but it's not art it's commerce i I feel bill i feel bill maher Stands. He's kind of yeah. Yeah, he, he stands where he is, and he if you don't like it, fuck you. You know, I admire that. Bill Burr, another one of those. If you don't like it, fuck you, because he says things like fem- about fem- feminism and stuff like that. Those kind of people are uncancelable because you know you can't move them. They're gonna be like fuck, like I fucking care. You know, fuck you. Who are you? You know, it's that whole thing. You know, if you show weakness, they're a wolf, buddy. They're on you. Like if you sh- if you vacillate any, if you apologize. I feel like apologizing and admitting wrong is a good thing, but you can't do it. But too. if you weren't wrong, like Shane Gillis, right. perfect example. Exactly. He if did you a thing wrong on a podcast. Place, do not apologize. And and people took it way out of context. What he was saying. Mm-hmm. He does it all the things like that all the time. Like the, they tr- they tried again this week with a new clip that not a new clip a clip who, from five or six. Who does this? People people. Who is the cadre? Let me ask that. There are people that will search through every piece of media that a comedian or any actor, anybody has ever done and save it for when they get a big thing. And then they'll put it out. Can you believe he said this? And he's on like uh, a podcast on the Anthony Kumini network, which is not a good look. Um, Anthony Kumi is old radio. Opie and Anthony. Uh, he did the racist thing a few years ago where he was out taking pictures and, uh, 
he used to, he used to like to walk around New York City and take pictures. And like there was a, a black woman in one of his pictures, and she like yelled at him and screamed at him. Then he went on a racist tirade on Twitter, got fired from Sirius. He never said the N word or anything, mm. but he was on his network. Yeah, he made a network, and he was like um, sitting there. What they were like? CNN was on in the room. He's like, "Why are we watching CNN for? Put it on Fox, a good white network. Oh. White people, white people, white like just stuff like that. Obviously, a joke unless you're a complete idiot. And, sure. they, and they put that clip out trying to get Shane canceled from SNL again. Didn't work. He's more powerful than ever. Right. You fucked up. Right. He could have just been a middling comedian with his seven year deal on SNL. He'd be in the middle of his fourth or fifth year right now. Maybe had a couple good skits. Had some good skits. He's maybe, the guy that maybe a recurring character. He's he's the guy at the desk. Yeah. He's not he's not um he's not hosting Weekend Update, but he's the guy they bring in every three weeks to give probably the honky's opinion about everything. <laughs> right. And he does it really well and right. everybody loves him and he's the, probably he's going to be the funniest thing on there every week. Sure. And he's a millionaire. Now you gave him too much power because now Shane is the biggest comedian in the world. And all he did was kept doing the exact same thing that he was doing all along. Right. Do you think Cat Williams was talking about him when he was talking? about? No, there's no possible way that Shane Gillis is funny in a way that most people aren't funny. Okay. The, The first joke from his first special that came out a year after his cancellation was absolutely brilliant. And it only, he could have delivered it that way. It, so uh, my dad's a Fox News dad. Boo. Your dads are Fox News dads too. Don't deny your fathers. How dare you deny your fathers? Like completely brilliant. He touches on things that are way taboo, like fucking Down syndrome people and how they rule. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a 10 minute bit on his new special about his uncle Danny who's who has Down syndrome and grilled cheese sandwiches. It is so fucking funny. But they they gave him to he, like all he did was keep being funny and hanging out with his friends on podcasts and touring the world. He went and lived with Doug Stanhope for a month nice. during the pandemic. That's all he did whenever he got canceled. Sure, he lost he lost the short money. Mm. Now, he's this kid's getting movies made. Kid, he's 37 probably by now. Right. He's going to get movies made. He's going to get TV shows made if he wants to. Or he could just do stand-up and be the funniest guy. Right. He's as – I don't want to say that. He has the potential to be as good as Louis. Damn. I think. That is a strong statement. That is high praise. Yeah. Do you think Bill Burr is as good as Louis? No. Really? And I love Bill Burr. I don't know. I don't think anybody ever is as good as Louis. <laughs> that is, you know, it's kind of true. Every one of his specials, even his like half hours in the 90s when he was barely anything, mm-hmm. were really good. Yeah. He, when he was on Dr. Katz, he was really good. Um, he was one of the original writers for Conan. It was really good. Conan was used to be so crazy. I loved it, dude. We we did the last time the first for the first Family Fun was here. I showed you the the old time fucking ghost Frankenstein. Frankenstein, and then Frankenstein wasted a minute of our. The ghost singer was very good. Yes, he was. Frankenstein a minute of time is great. I love it. Um, What's the other one? The the fucking traveling salesman. Yeah. Well, I mean that guy, all his characters, they're all. I mean, yeah, you're right. It was the best show. Yeah, it was the best late night show. They did it the best. Mm-hmm. They didn't take it seriously. Well, he didn't. He didn't. I don't. I think he's the one that didn't feel the ghost of Johnny Carson on his shoulder the whole time. You know what I mean? That's not because he was on after the night show, right? But I'm saying that I love Johnny, man. I'm. 
I was a Johnny kid. I was raised up with Johnny. My, my grandparents loved him. I always say that about you. You're a Johnny Carson guy. Johnny Carson guy. But no, for real, I mean, my, my grandparents did raise us on him because we would when we would stay at their house, especially New Year's Eve, they would have us stay up and watch Johnny Carson with them. You know, it was a thing. Um, and, you know, when he left, it was a void lift. But then I think when Conan stepped in, oddly enough, he was more Johnny than the rest of them without being Johnny at all. Mm-hmm. Because he was just, this is what I'm going to do. John, what Johnny did was, nobody else did that. You had Jack Parr. You had other guys. They weren't doing what Johnny did. Johnny had his show, and he made it to what he wanted it to be. That's what Conan did. He didn't try to be the best interviewer. He didn't try to be, you know, I don't know how to explain it. He just did bits and was funny. And, yeah, it was funny the, the entire way through. Yeah. And then he would have cool musical guests on. Yes. He had all. All was on there. During that album, I said, Pummel. I remember seeing, there's a, that's on the documentary, he holds up the record. I was like, that's awesome. You know, so. Yeah. Anyway, I'm excited to see Shane on this. And it feels like one of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the guys that didn't, that didn't sell out, even though he's selling out now. Not selling out. That's not selling out. You know what I mean? That's the audience coming to you. That's buying in. (laughs) No. But the audience is coming to him. And I think that's a sign that things are turning. They are. People are sick. Like, even the Critical Drinker had a – him and Disparo, who's this other – Yeah, I like that guy. He's funny. It didn't hurt that they have a, a Scottish and a British accent, respectively. I don't mm-hmm. know why that makes it more entertaining, but it does. Um, they both had kind of a, a similar skit called The Death of the Girl Boss and how they've absolutely murdered it and, you know, the fact that they can't write a female character because all they do is take – shitty male characteristics and then print them on a woman. And they write them like men. Yeah. And they're so fucking irritating that nobody can stand them. They're doing for an audience that doesn't exist. They literally don't. That's for a them. huge problem. Exactly. That they're trying to make things. Women don't like, not all women don't like the, but like, you know what I mean? There's a graph that shows what people like. Older women like dramas, older men like war movies and things like that. Younger men like comic books and sci-fi. Younger girls like, Romance. That's just what it is. You cannot, you can, there's going to be outliers on any group that are going to Venn diagram that, mm-hmm. but not many. And when you just take like the Marvels, had they, the, the where they went wrong with that movie that really just rubbed me the wrong way is when she got knocked down and her own dad was trying to help her and she kind of like threw his arm aside. It's like, that's your dad, you fucking twat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, that's not that's not being strong. That's being an asshole. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do is they just make him an asshole. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ellen Ripley wasn't an asshole. Ellen Ripley she was. She was, but she was an asshole in a way that was understandable. She had been through a horrible amount of fucking trauma. She didn't trust anybody, and nor should she, because a robot almost killed her and everybody on the fucking crew. All that shit. And then when she went after Newt, it wasn't to be a girl boss and to fucking rule everything and show she's tough. It was a mother's decision. That's my child because my child's dead. I'm going down and getting her, and I'm going to die in the process if I fucking have to. And she didn't shave her bush. So they had trouble shooting around that, and they had to spend almost a million dollars cutting her bush out. Yeah. Sarah Connor, not a girl boss. No. But an awesome girl boss character. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's- By not being a girl boss, you become a girl boss. Girl bossing is within, not without. <laughs> it's girl boss Aikido. Yeah. Girl boss Keto. Um, no, and, and that's, you know, she was so massively unlikable. You know, even in Captain Marvel. See, we had that afterglow with the with the other Marvel movies mm-hmm. then. Had it come out later, I would have been like, that movie wasn't very good at all. Imagine yeah. if it come out first, because that's first in the order. Oh, isn't God. It? No, first in the order is Captain America. 
But it's oh yeah, Captain. Then it would have been second in the order because it takes place in the eighties, right? Or early nineties. In the nineties, yeah. Yes, it would have been second. Um, yeah, it would have killed the franchise before it ever started. Yeah. Um, Chris Evans will be doing rom coms again. Yeah, which he should do. He was great He's in so them. good. At, I watched Scott Pilgrim versus the World again the other day. He's so fucking good in that. Because he's just, he makes fun of himself, the action figure. He's like, you're going to hear two clicks. The first one is me hanging up the phone. The second one is the pull of the trigger. It's just <laughs> so fucking dumb. You know what I mean? It's it's really good. Um, that's a movie that is is old now. It's like 15 years old. It is. 2010 probably. Yeah. And it's so fucking good. I mean, it is so entertaining. I mean, well written. You know, and then I got the Cornetto trilogy for five dollars. Oh, I still haven't watched The World's End. Oh, you'll love it. I began it, and I really liked it. You're gonna love it. But Simon Pegg's character is so cringe. So well, he's so excited about drinking at this bar with his buddy. It reminds me of me. Yeah, that's I, yes, the problem. Yeah, so that's the problem. <laughs> so, um, no, but I, I really want to watch it. Um, this has just been a, a, a entertainment episode, but mm-hmm. but an excellent one. Um, did you have? Were you still? Talking about one season that Shane Gillis. Oh, he rules. S. Uh, there's an anagram that the dogs use. That's the Shane Gillis fans. I'm trying to remember it. S O D T A O E. Suck our dicks to all our enemies. <laughs> I hope he wears a shirt that has. has <laughs> yeah, it'd be on. awesome. Um. Other things, um, boxing has been going well, but my right shoulder is so damaged um, with the lifting and trying to do that at the same time. It's really hard for me to – I started doing a gazelle punch where you throw a punch like when you're turning in midair. It's basically a check hook without, you know, being on your – planted on your feet essentially. Mm-hmm. It's a really good, really good punch. Um. I've reached that point where I've gotten good at the stuff that I'm good at, but I'm not, I feel like I'm not progressing in other ways. So I'm going to have to turn that up, I guess. Um, weights, my push has come back some, like I wasn't able to push at all. Like 135 was, it wasn't a struggle because it was heavy. It was a struggle because of the pain and because my shoulder was essentially out of joint, you know, now I'm way over that and getting ready to crack into the twos again. So that's, that's not bad. And overhead pressing, well, I was a monster at that. And now I'm starting to get good at those again. Um, video game. Um, I'm almost, I've actually almost finished a video game besides The Last of Us. It's called Ender Lilies. It is the most fucking bleak, like, it's a side scroller. It's a Metroidvania. It's really cool because it's a girl and she's like a little in a white dress and she runs. And then when you attack, she's not attacking. It's a spirit that floats behind her that appears and cuts with his sword. And then you start picking up all these other spirits, and they do different things for you. Like, if you need to jump up a wall, it'll grab onto the wall and appear, and then you just with it. It's a really cool idea. But it's in this world where this black rain thing happened, and everybody got turned into a monster, and they're all dead. And they just, you know, are, are, are undead. And, the, and you have to go through and find all the lore. Like, there's little notes you read, and little things and it's it's really I didn't think a movie a, a game like that could have such a powerful uh you know presence or you know mood about it and it really does and it's like 
uh, it's excellent. I mean, and they're making it and a sequel is getting ready to come out and, but it's in a more modern world and some different ghosts this time that do different things. There's like five different endings you can get. I mean, it's fun. I like it, but some days I find myself obsessed with it. One day I played it all day. Hmm. I got up in the morning and I played it until the evening. That's all I did. That was not a good day. Yeah. I hate those days, man. Like the last few weekends, I think the last two weekends, I haven't done anything. No, with this golf or anything. Today I did. Yeah. I'm trying to get out of that. I went and did nine at the Fayetteville course and then I went grocery shopping and came back here because it started getting shitty. Yeah. I was like, I want to get, I need to do get nine in or something because tournament season's coming up. I want to, I want to win. Spring's coming up too, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be time to, I would like for all of us to get together and go do the hiking thing and stuff again this year. I mean, that would be nice. Um, I, I had been doing keto and intermittent fasting, which was, Working really well. I mean, it's hard to tell with this on and stuff, but I've mm-hmm. lost, you know, I usually, you can usually tell in my face when I've lost, you know, fat and stuff like that. And I've even started, I've been getting stronger because I absolutely, instead of just not eating or just eating protein, which doesn't work, you have to eat fat. Mm-hmm. Um, my squat kept on fucking going up even as I'm dropping weight. I'm like, this is unprecedented. I can't believe this is still happening. And, you know, don't cut the fat off your steaks, kids. And don't buy lean cuts of meat. That's a waste of fucking money. Mm-hmm. Um, I got I get those chuck eye steaks. Those are good. The ones are cheap from Grants. You can get three of them for like six dollars. Yeah, they're cheap and they're good enough. Yeah. They're dense. Too. Yeah, they got a lot of fat on them. And I cook them in. I, I keep a thing to dump my my bacon grease in, and I mm-hmm. cook them in bacon grease and butter. Mm-hmm. And then I make like six eggs at a time with half a rasher of bacon on fucking top of them to eat that. I'm eating two meals a day, essentially, because I'm fasting till noon, and I'll have steak or whatever and a protein drink for my first, and then hours later, because my body's still consuming its fat reserves, I'll eat. You know, John sent me a video today, and a guy made a lot of sense. He said, the reason intermittent fasting works or doesn't work is because if you're not eating fat, your body's not learning how to eat fat. Mm -hmm. It's not going to consume your own. Once it does that, you're not going to be hungry anymore because your body has things con- to consume. And the human body, you're an animal. Animals don't eat every day. They just don't, especially animals that are predators. And we are predators. Hunger sharpens us up and makes us stronger. Like when you're hungry, your testosterone level starts and stuff's going up because it's trying to prepare you for a hunt. You need to retrain your body to be wild. Be like, we're not eating. It's time to go get something. We're going to start turning up the dials. We got to get this guy going. You know what I mean? And that's why... Animals that are hungry are way more dangerous than animals that aren't, you know, not just because they're fat and happy, but because their, their levels get turned up too. all their fucking aggression gets turned up. All their testosterone levels start coming up because their bodies are driving them to go get something to eat. That's what we need to do. So I fucked around today and messed up a little bit. Not going to let it kill me. I'm getting up tomorrow. It's the weekend. Getting back on the fucking horse. So, you know, I mean, whenever I was losing all my weight, I'd fuck up all the time. It's just. Just consistency. Just yeah. Fuck up less. Right. Fuck up. I mean, consider a fucking up whenever you eat five donuts right. instead of just considering it Tuesday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but for me, fucking up. My fuck up days, as we've discussed on the show, were epic. Oh, yeah. They were really epic. Mine too. Fucking box of donuts, ice cream, pop, chips. You know, in one fucking day, you know, I'd eat 10,000 calories of shit. And not one useful fucking calorie, one fucking bit. Not one bit of good fat. One, not one bit of protein, usually. 
just fucking crap, you know. I don't do that anymore because it the 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 idea of it makes me ill. I'm mm-hmm. just like the idea of eating more than two donuts at a time. I'm like fuck. How yeah, I try to keep it to two. If whenever a salesman or something brings donuts, I'm right? Like, I get try to keep it to two. Yeah, I usually throw some gum in my mouth so I'm not uh, tempted. I'd like to keep like like a bag of steak or something on me. Like, all right, we're, we're going to take care of that. I don't see why you wouldn't do that. <laughs> well, because you can't keep those things warm. You have to keep those things either hot or cold. So. You could keep it in a place if you want to warm up a little piece for, for a it. few hours. I can't make it work. It's the danger zone, man. You can't keep it between thirty-five or whatever degrees. Jerky. That's, that's well. That's true. You can do that. Not. A, I like jerky, but I don't love jerky. Well, so much jerky though too has so much sugar in. So it much sugar it, and yeah. fucking salt yes. and all that shit. Yeah. Salt's not bad, but sugar is bad. Yeah. Sugar is like the more I start to learn about it, is the worst drug. Well, besides artificial sweetener, which is worse, mm-hmm. um, ever visited on mankind. I mean, it's really bad, and it and it's so ubiquitous in in American food. They throw it in everything, yeah. And then your body, if they, if they don't throw it in there, they th- they throw something that your body turns into sugar. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, well, no sugar in this. Like what they did with snack wells, there's no fat in it. But then it was like they took eight bags of sugar and threw it in one cookie. That's delicious, and I'm not eating any fat. The worst thing they did was convincing people, yeah, that. Fat and and meat was bad. It should be the smallest part of what you eat. It should fill up. It should plate. be the fucking base. Yeah, I, I truly believe that we, as human beings, that's what really set us apart and made us into what we are. Was eating meat. We were we were more gatherers until the Neanderthals started wiping us out, and then when we when we became Cro Magnon man, and that vacuum opened when we killed all of them, you know, and finally drove them to that one last spot and killed them too. All those animals were there, not the mega mammals still; they were gone, but their smaller descendants were there, and we were like, well, we can kill one of these, like they did, and eat that and get big and strong like them, or we can go back to what we were doing. And be small and weak. And hope that they don't come back in some way. Exactly. You got to read that book, Them and Us, man. It's fucking awesome. Maybe I will. Yeah. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. All right. I got to piss real bad. Yeah. I think we've done it. We've done a good episode. It was a good episode. It's been a very episodic episode. Yes. There's been twists. There's been turns. We came up with a movie idea. There's been mulligans. Yeah. A couple mulligans here and there. A couple of, uh, what do you call them? Couple of retees. No, the fucking the thing when you have the the thing you're chasing in the movie. Snatches. No, the what movie? No, when you have a a thing that like the thing that oh, drives a plot. Oh, along. oh, oh, MacGuffins. MacGuffins. Yeah, lots of MacGuffins. Lots of MacGuffins. Thanks for listening. Go fuck your. Hold on. Okay, there we go. <laughs> go fuck yourselves. <laughs> <laughs>